Put on your mental track shoes and run with me. This is the Pow Wow with Myra. Today's episode, we have Shannon. Shannon, thank you for being here today. Hi, nice to be here. This is exciting. Can you uh, start us off with telling us a little bit about what you do and who you are, what you do? Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, actually, it just changed about a week ago. So my name is Shannon Deniston, and I am a health coach with Octavia now, uh, full-time. So um, I'm... Uh, I am a mom. Sorry, I'm going blank on things to say. I'm like, who am <laughs> I? Okay. What do I do now? <laughs> um, it's changed. Yeah. Um, so for forever, I did um, customer experience, and I kind of feel like I still do that. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily have to be all professional, I'm sure. But um, anyway, I'm a mom, a wife. I live, you know, up north. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be health coaching full time now. How long have you been a health coach now? I've been coaching for about two years. Um, and it's funny, I actually spent the first year trying to figure out how to grow my business without posting on social media. Because it was like, I don't do that. And I joked earlier, um, it, I two years ago, you could I couldn't even figure out what stories were. People were like, use stories, everything, different things. And I was like, what are stories? I don't even know. And so I've kind of used the last two years to grow and learn and not just on social media but on um you know emotionally spiritually all of it so wow okay how did you get changes. into into health coaching like what what um, attracted you well actually what happened was um covid hit and um, I'm sure like a lot of people, it was, oh, wow, all these fun drinks we can make, all these fun bake, baked goods we can make. And it was constantly like, bake this, mommy, bake that, mommy. You know, you're not doing enough cookies and cooking and blah, blah, blah. And so I would do that. And then it would be like, oh, I'll have one little sliver. And I'd be like, well, this whole pan of brownies can't go to waste. So I would eat the rest of it, like okay. the entire pan. And I joke about that, but it was... Lots of that over and over and over again for, gosh, a year. And so um, I couldn't even squeeze into my pants anymore. And that's kind of what happened. And I kind of went, oh, my gosh, what if we ever have to go back to the office? Mm -hmm. um, it would fit into clothes again. Um, so, like I said, like me and a whole bunch of other people, um, I decided to – enough was enough. And the week before Christmas 2020 – me, my husband, everybody thought I was insane. Um, but I just kind of decided to start taking control and I started Optavia. Um, and it's been a life changer ever since. Wow. Yeah. What a great story. I definitely want to dive more into that. Yeah. Uh, for now, let's let's uh let's see what shaped <clears throat> Shannon up to, you know, up to today. So yeah. where, where were you born? Uh, where do you come from? Okay, gosh, I um, I was born in Plano, Texas, in the hospital, whatever. So I grew up in Richardson, Texas, um, went to Richardson High School. Um, we kind of lived in the same general area, neighborhood, everything for most of my life, really. Um, it wasn't until my oldest son was born, and then my parents moved up closer to where we were up in Frisco. And um, But that's kind of where I grew up. That's... We were a family of performers, I guess you could say. So it was like dance, music, um, acting, and things like that. And so uh, 
funny that's actually how my husband and I met. Um, we were at Sam Houston State. Um, I was there for musical theater, and then I went to regular theater, and um, we were doing a musical, Fiddler on the Roof, and that's how we met. Wow. I was, uh, I was just, I was in the company, I was on the side, and I was sitting on stage, and he was the little, the violin kind of down in the pit, and so I introduced myself, and... The rest is history. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Do you guys lock eyes? Um, no. He actually didn't even realize, didn't even know who I was. I introduced myself and I was like, "Hey, do you know this person?" Trying to, you know, break the ice, and he was like, "Yeah, he's right over there." And I was like, <clears throat> "Okay, so we're <laughs> friends. Are you guys?" You know, it was one of those. He was a total boy and didn't even see what I was trying to do. But anyway, um, he was probably focused on on his. I have no idea. Yeah. And then it's a joke because then um, it, it's actually kind of funny because uh, within that first little um, what I we met, we went to the cast party. Then uh, he um, he actually sang at the Methodist church mm-hmm. in town as well. And so <clears throat> he was like, he was telling me that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I go there all the time. I'd never been there, by the way. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize when I was, you know, oh, yeah, I go there all the time and blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize that it was like there's three pews in the entire thing, in the entire um, the the main room. And so I didn't even um, – he would have known if I was there, obviously. So uh, – and then we went um, – it, it's a funny story because uh, then I was the next day – um, I was like, yeah, we should go to this show. They're doing a show up at the theater, blah, blah, blah. And um, it was the vagina monologues. <laughs> and so um, talk about breaking the ice. And so he was <laughs> you like, broke it. you didn't tell me about. And I was like, well, I didn't really, uh, you know, and I wanted you to come with me to the show or whatever. And so uh, and then we went to like Burger Street or Burger King or something afterwards. And um, I spilled my milkshake all over his car. And I was trying to be nice and open the door for him and reach across and whatever. Anyway, so all these things kind of just like piled up on on each other. And he was like, okay, this girl's for me. And so we just kind of <laughs> kind of went from there. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. Okay, yeah. so you knew what you wanted right away. I guess so. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's That's cool. So do you have any siblings? I do. I have a brother and I have a sister, both younger. Um, we were all born within the same like three and a half years. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're all really close together. We kind of grew up and it, it was kind of all teachers and everybody at school. It was like, oh, you're Matt Niren's, uh, you know, sister or whatever. And so it was kind of we, everybody knew who we were kind of mm-hmm. as a group. Okay. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it was fun. Do you, uh, were they into uh, like dancing and all these? Yep. Okay. Yep. Everybody did that. My sister was a music major, um, and my brother was a history major. But then now um, plays in a band, plays guitar, does things like that. And so, yeah. Can you sing? Of, can I sing? Yeah. What, do you sing? Do you, can you sing? Yes. You I can. can. Oh, okay. That's cool. Vocal competitions and things like that. But, wow. Yeah. I didn't and know that. That was elementary school. I mean, not elementary, but junior high. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, cool. So, so if you and I were friends in high school, who was Shannon? Like, if you and I were buddies? Oh my gosh! So, um, a lot happened in high school. Mm. Actually, my sophomore year in high school, I was in a really bad car accident, and uh, it was kind of I I don't want to say defined who I was, but sort of shaped kind of my future. And I wouldn't change a thing, um, but it was kind of hard. Uh, Just 
real quick recap. It was um, New Year's Eve at 9798, I think. And anyway, um, <clears throat> that doesn't matter. Um, what kind of yeah? It, it, I mean, it kind of does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the time, you know. You know, whatever. Okay, so I was a sophomore. <laughs> I was 16 years old, um, and I we were in a car accident. I was the only one in the car who was actually hurt, but uh, the rear view mirror smacked my like lacerated my forehead. That's probably what saved my life because um, I had a traumatic brain injury, and nobody probably would have known that because what happened was at least I've been told I was obviously don't remember any of this, but um, my head lacerated kind of from the left to the right and broke the side window and then this. And so that would have, no, nobody would have known to call the ambulance or do anything like that. Anyway, and so I went to the hospital. Um, my parents got, you know, the worst phone call you can ever get as a parent that your child was in an accident, things are happening, whatever. Um, again, I don't remember any of this, but it was one of those, um, the doctor kind of came in and said, we need to talk to you about like end of life procedures, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a coma for 12 days, I think. Um, the right side of my body was paralyzed for that whole time. And so when I woke up, it was, um, relearning how to, at 16, which was kind of hard, but relearn to walk, talk. Um, ABCs, one, two, threes, you name it. And we kind of joke about it now, but it was like I'd see a picture of a butterfly and it'd be like house and things like that. And so just neurons weren't connecting, but it took a couple of years. Um, and then I feel like that period of time, I already had sort of, um, I don't know if you call it perfectionist, but I was kind of like, I've already, I was already sort of like, I've got to work really hard to get anywhere I want to go. Mm. If put my mind to it, it's happening sort of thing. Um, resilience, but uh, that I feel like definitely taught me a lot. Um, and I kind of shaped my character, if you'd say. And so, uh, yeah, kind of overcoming that and then just sort of dealing with things throughout the rest of your life. And then, yeah. So that was in your sophomore year. <clears throat> Could, did you have memory? Like, uh, I mean, it's, I guess it's a weird question, right? Like, could you remember? I don't remember. Before it. the accident? Yes. I, could, so okay. I could. So that was good. Um, it was just kind of short-term memory, which was really, really, I think it was because I was so young and so healthy at the time because I did a lot of dance. I did a lot of, um, like, ballet and things like that. And so um, I was really, really healthy that's kind of what the doctor said was that you were young, you were healthy, and that's kind of, you know, why you, you bounce back so quickly. Um, and when I say quickly, I mean a couple of years, but yeah. How I mean, many do you remember about? Um, well, it's so it was like lots of progress the first couple of years because it was, you know, retraining your body had to like, I still find like if I get tired, the right side of my face will sag a little bit or. Um, like when I'm talking, I'll be like, wow, it looks like the rice on my face is not even moving and okay. things like that. So I'm like, whatever. Um, some of that, and it, like 10 years after it happened, I was like running around the house going, Darren, I can move my eyebrow now or whatever. It was like silly, stupid okay. stuff. But it was like this, um, they basically stretched the muscle up here. And so anyway, it was one of those like things that I would experience later that nobody saw, but that um, the initial was like I've got lots of help with people um I was able to start dancing again I was able to start singing again I mean there was lots of scar tissues and things like that so it kind of shifted 
I mean, I was always like, oh, I'm going to be a, you know, whatever it is, um, a triple threat, the singing, dancing, acting, all of it, blah, blah, blah. That was kind of my lifelong dream for a long time. Um, and I sort of tried to hold on to that afterwards. And then um, I graduated. Even I got a bachelor's in theater or bachelor's in arts with books in theater. Um, but then I kind of decided to take it a different direction after that. Um, and it wasn't because I still enjoy singing. I still enjoy dancing and I'm not good at any of it anymore. But, you know, still kind of keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. So you still <clears throat> do you still practice it some like um so my husband is also musical and so we're singing and doing so i mean just walking around the house there's always music playing there's always we're always singing we're always doing things even if it's just being stupid and you know for fun yeah yeah okay very cool i I love that so so how long did it take you to to walk or to start walking so you had to learn how to walk so i was probably bed i don't want to say bedridden but i was in a coma for 12 days and then um i sort of with the help of a walker with things like you know after you're pregnant they're like okay walk around the the hospital or do the floor and then you'd start doing laps or doing things like that um, it kind of started with a little bit of that help of the walker, help of the things. And it was just that, like, I had to just retrain muscles and things. And so, um, but it was probably all the way through high school that I was, you know, having to do some of that, um, go to different therapy sessions and different things. And to, it, it's it weird because it was like how to, you know, pick up your leg and walk and not drag your foot while you're walking and trip yourself. And like, I'm scared to death of ele- of escalators, mm-hmm. which seems like a silly thing, but like I'll sit and stand at one and be like, okay, 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 go. Even today? <laughs> today. It's oh. crazy. And I know that seems silly, but um, it's one of the, you never know what's going to happen when you step on it because it's going to keep going no matter what. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, what if you miss? Um, so there's that. And it took me a long time to kind of overcome things like that but um interesting yeah, so. okay so you start learning you're in bed and, and you're you know you have to basically retrain your body did you understand that at the time that you had to retrain your body or what was what was your thought process at the time I did well so when I woke up it was almost I kind of describe it like I was a two-year-old in a 16 year old body because mm-hmm. I was like oh cool walking what is this I mean it was truly like so it was like rapid development mm-hmm. from the moment I kind of woke up to which is cool because they realized that I was coherent and waking because my brother said I love you and I said I love you too which is a very like very cool and so anyway we have that kind of um you know I'm sure there was other things that uh but that's the 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 one part of the story that I do remember but it was um I don't know it was almost like when you're really little and you're learning things and you're like this is so cool oh cool now look at this I can read look at this I can say words and I mean I was still like I had to relearn all of it so when I say rapid development it was like from the moment I woke up for the next two years it was like constant, but um, after that it kind of slowed down, but it was just sort of, then it kind of became like, I have to be the one doing this mm. because my mom wasn't there. My parents weren't there, friends and things like everything wasn't there to sort of like keep it going, but it almost made it like I had to learn how to overcome things on my own, mm-hmm. which was kind of, kind of 
cool because yeah. then I sort of, I, you know, I mean, I was I, I was always the one who had to do it anyway, but um, yeah. But, but kind you, of you felt defined. at the time that like, okay, you were being more maybe independent. I was, I was. So then it kind of, and it's interesting, one of the, there was one time I came home and I was like sort of defining my life by it, blaming things on it, you know, things you couldn't do, things you couldn't do. I mean, like people would, it was weird because people would say a word and I'd be like, I know I know that definition. I know I know that word, but it was like, I couldn't connect the dots again. And so it was like, oh, so for a really long time, I felt stupid, Mm -hmm. like not quite, I couldn't quite keep up with everybody else. And that was kind of hard, but, um, since overcome that a little bit of whatever emotional <laughs> trauma but yeah um What's... there was yeah and that could be a different future discussion in a second um but uh yeah no um i don't even remember where i was going with that um oh um i came home and i was like well you know i, I it was one of those well it's because of my accident because of this whatever and my mom and it was totally in passing and i don't even think she was thinking about it when she said it but she was like no, 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 ma'am. Do not let this define you at the time. And she said, you know, this is just a small bump in the road. Um, you know, don't let it define your life. Don't let it define you or whatever. And at the time I was thinking, this is a massive giant mountain in front of me. What are you talking about? Mm. But um, now looking back, I mean, I attribute that just just in passing comment because it wasn't even like we weren't even like sitting having a deep conversation mm. about it. It was just you know, um, you know, don't let this define you, whatever. And so, uh, I haven't, it's kind of been like, so then now, and I, it was like a really big part of my life, but Mm -hmm. I kind of just, I, I, I feel like I brush it off sometimes and it's not necessarily a brush off topic, but like, oh yeah, I had to relearn to walk and talk and all these things and you know, whatever, blah. But is it still a little bit hard to think back or do you Try not to think back or like no, you're past it? Or? Um, I think it was harder, truthfully, because I don't remember any of it. And I don't remember, like, I don't remember the trauma of the hospital. When I say trauma, um, I mean, like, the emotional trauma that my family had to go through. Like, I think it's harder for them to go back and talk about it because it takes them back to it emotionally. And the only part I remember was, like, we, I'm two years old and I'm learning how to walk again. And I mean, obviously it was 16, so it was like, but so there was all these sort of you're, development, you're playing whatever. catch up and they're dealing with the exactly. trauma. And so, cause I didn't, ha- I d- obviously I was out. And so when my mom and dad are getting this call on New Year's Eve, it's things like that. I mean, that's what they go back to. So they don't like reliving it. They have, they took pictures, they did things because everybody said, you know, she's going to need to be able to remember this. She's going to need to be able to put pieces together because there's going to be like a month of her life she's never going to remember. And there is still. Um, but I kind of know what's going on or because people have told me stories, people have um, like the different pictures, things. Um, yeah, but it was cool. That's very interesting. I, yeah. I didn't know that at all. I mean, obviously. Yeah. It's not something I go around and like, hey, guess what? Right. Right. Okay. So what happened to your friends? Uh, How did they take Um, the whole situation? So it's interesting. So we were being dumb. We were 16. It was a bunch of us in the car. 
Um, I was sharing a front seat with, at the time, was my best friend. Uh, we kind of, everybody sort of went their separate ways. Um, we've sort of reconnected, and I, I've kind of made, a, I've been kind of um, intentionally going back and reconnecting with a bunch of people, um, like on Facebook and Instagram and all these things, because I'm kind of looking at it like life is short. Why not connect? At one point, these people were really, really important in my life. And so why, just because I'm an adult, well, I mean, like, the we grew up, but that doesn't mean that we're not still, they don't still matter and right. that they're not still like a core part of who I am. And so I've been going back and really reconnecting with people. So it's been kind of cool to just not necessarily live life with them, but Facebook has made it, Facebook, Instagram, social media, whatever, has made it really easy to go back and sort of find them. Yeah, find and then like almost catch up is mm -hmm. I mean people don't not everybody posts everything and not everything everybody posts is like their real life and right. so it's you know but um but uh yeah so would you say uh you guys kind of went your own way after the accident um some I mean I think uh I, mean, I obviously had a you lot, were busy right right covering. I had a lot of support while I was there like there are pictures of people that I was like I didn't even know they were my friends I didn't even know they knew who I was that people came down to the hospital and they sat in the waiting room and in the ICU at it was actually at Parkland which was you know uh, so again that whole area it doesn't bring back memories for me but it brings back memories for everybody else so um it's uh it was cool to kind of see all of that support and it's prayer support all of it it makes it makes the difference and um you know i believe in prayer i believe in all of that and so it's and that has also become a huge part of my life it was um and then it was just it sort of not to go all you know religious or anything on it but like for a while uh like i would it was a huge obviously prayer god everything angels intervened and and kind of helped save that so did science so i think that there's kind of a mix of those <clears throat> those things but um I think uh I sort of for a while and I kind of in college things like that it kind of becomes a check the box kind of thing like yep I went to church yes I did this but I have since um started making it uh a huge like a bigger part of my life I was at a service a sermon one time or a service and the the pastor was talking and he'd said um it was my whole life <clears throat> sorry not to go and uh, taking it in a different no, direction yeah, so no. yeah so um for a long time it was just you know read the bible check the box all these things but um i started it was hope fellowship in frisco um before it kind of grew and has multiple campuses and all these things now but um it pastor john was talking about how like if this isn't right this is not right mm -hmm. and it was like an aha moment for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's like, you have a, it's not just read the Bible. It's not just say the prayers. Cause I grew up Methodist. So it was kind of, um, very like, this is the prayer we memorize. These are the verses we memorize, things like that. Um, and I feel like this is a non-denominational church. And I feel like that's the first time while I appreciate the tradition and all those things from the Methodist church, a hundred percent, um, do like learning things just Gave you that, a different it gave perspective. Me a different perspective, exactly. And so, I mean, now I don't feel like I do devotional in the morning. It's I've got to get my head right 
in the morning and I feel I feel off if I don't do it and things like that. And so um um have uh so you you grew up it, it is is this how you grew up like is your are your parents also were they very involved in in church and um, taking you guys yes to, okay yeah so we we grew up in Richardson we went to First United Methodist Church of Richardson and so um, half the family still goes there um, <clears throat> excuse me I'm sorry um, half the family still goes there and then um, my brother's a does um, he's a fellowship pastor at a church up. Well, he lived, he, I don't even talk about where he lives, but, um, it's, uh, no, I don't think it's Salina. It's one of them. Anyway, so he, he does that. Um, okay. we are really strong in the church, but yes, we grew up in the church. I think that was your question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So before this accident happened, um, what was the expectation from your parents to you and your siblings before, before this whole accident kind of reshaped everybody's world? Um, expectations like uh, expectations as in uh, school so like uh, did you have did were you guys expected to do have certain grades or like what what was expected from Passing. you <laughs> okay well yeah so um it was we were very focused on the music lessons voice okay. lessons dance lessons things like that and school was important um, and it was important for us to go to college, things like that. Um, I don't think like they didn't focus. It wasn't like, obviously it was like, if you failed something, it was like, well, I guess you can't play that game or you can't do this okay. you know, performance or do things like that. Um, but I think, uh, it wasn't like the sole focus of okay. things. Either that, or I was really good at lying about it because <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those, yeah, mom, I don't have any homework. Yeah, mom. I don't know how that grade got so low, that kind of thing. And my grades weren't awful. I mean, I did. I was decent in high school, but I didn't. Okay. I was mediocre until about college, and so I didn't really learn how to write a paper and things like that. It, that. Another funny story is that my husband and his at the time his roommate read my paper. I think it was my freshman year of college, and they were like, "Oh my god, what are you writing? Like, what is this?" You know. So anyway, they rewrote it. But and it's funny because now I'm I ended up going back for my master's in journalism, um, and then. Now I all right. So like that was interesting. Yeah, okay. So okay, so w go back going back to to when you're recovering because you're 16, you're a sophomore, so you still go yeah. through your junior and mm. your senior year. Um I know you're one of the one if not the main focus was to kind of recover. Um what what were your thoughts as far as like leaving like what were you did you know what you wanted to do like right after high school so I thought I did um because like my whole life it was I want to be a performer I want to go do this whatever um so, at the time. so that's kind of what I did it was kind of like that's what I thought just that's what I was supposed to do that's what you know I was gonna do before that's what I'm gonna do now blah okay. blah blah and so nothing really changed with that okay um it was just harder, but I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life until I got out. And even then it was like, take the quiz. Like, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Here's okay. the 27, you know, master's programs that you could go to or degrees you could get that would, you know, I don't know, let you be this or that or whatever. And so, um, yeah, 
So in, in your college years, did you find it that you had to work a little bit harder um, or were you kind of already recovered? Um, Most, mostly. <clears throat> Sorry. When I, I did, ha I mean, it was harder. It's always harder. Like I still, I hate reading, but mm -hmm. I love reading, which is weird. So like, well, I love audio, like the audible. Mm -hmm. So that has helped. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Was it harder for you to kind of get through college? Did did you feel more pressure um, in comparison to, you know, maybe what you saw at the time? Did you feel like you have to work harder um, at the time? I did just because the whole like um, I know that word, but I can't connect it anymore. Like, like okay, so you still, still things, okay? Like I don't. <clears throat> like I don't have that now, um, but that was I went to college time, and it was only right. three years later, four years later. So it was like right. just after, and so um, that uh, it kind of it was hard, um, and but I kind of sort of pushed through it. But at the same time, grades weren't hugely important to me until my like sophomore, junior, senior year, probably junior and senior. It was then it was like, oh, okay, now I'm gonna do this. I kind of, that's when I decided I'd minor in business, which I didn't really do a lot with, but um, anyway, so. What was, who was <clears throat> your big, uh, did you have any, any, anybody or anything that inspired you at the time as you're recovering was, was, what was, did you have any, any, anything that, or anyone that helped you or you inspired to be or um, helped you? So I feel like at the time, I don't know if any one specific person inspired me, but I had friends that were supportive all the way through. I had friends that I had friends. I had my the dance instructor, Judy Kloffenstein. She Dallas. Um, I'm going to say it wrong. Dallas Ballet Center. Sorry. Um, they she was awesome. She was incredible. She was like I was in my coma and she was, you know, like moving my legs and doing things and kind of helping me sort of stay um, keeping the blood flow, things like that. Um, <clears throat> gosh, sorry. I think that, uh, the support of my friends and I want to just say like the community around me, even if no matter how big or small it is, is such a huge part of sort of life because, um, so obviously the lacerations, it, you can't see it now, but at the time it was like bright red. And I went through several surgeries, so I spent most of my high school and college years with bright red lacerations across my face. And so another thing that made me, um, I did things like go to the movies with my friends and people would be like, will you run into the door? Uh, you know, it's not Halloween. Why are you marking your face or whatever? And it, like random people that you don't even know. I'd be like, I can't. Do you even know? Like, if you knew my story, and my friends would be like, "Okay, don't worry about it. Don't they? They don't know what they're doing, and things like that." But I think things that kind of stuff made me stronger mm -hmm. and re more resilient to be like, "Uh, -uh you bring it," sort of yeah. thing. And so, um, yeah. I I love that attitude, you yeah. know, because you're like, I'm, yeah, I uh, that that perspective of um of of giving you even just the motivation probably to recover even yeah. you know faster so uh and in the community the support i i love that yeah um i think it is it is very important and, and everybody's energy kind of helps 
kind of mix in with your energy and kind of bring yeah, it up. And, absolutely. And, and, you know, speed up that, that re- the recovery process. I yeah. feel like, cause even from what it sounds like, it sounds like, uh, you started making progress actually kind of fast. Cause it sounds like it was a very traumatic. It was. Yeah. Uh, accident it was it was very traumatic um but the kind of like i said the recovery was there was parts of it that were rapid and there was kind of like when people experience that there's lots of attention on it right at first and then but like that person like when someone dies or when someone has that like so there's lots of attention right in the beginning and then what we forget sometimes is that person still has to hold on to that and they're still living with that for the rest of their life and so I find that, you know, true. But um, it was one of those that, like, it didn't matter. It was going to paralyze the whole right side of my body. It moves now. And so I was able to kind of just retrain things. And um, it, I, I truthfully feel like it shaped me for who I am today. Like, I'm still scared to do things like videos <laughs> on Facebook, um, things like that. I will eventually work through those fears. But, um, yeah. So I, I have no doubt you will because you – I mean, you started off, you're now a health coach, and with that comes a lot of fears in itself mm-hmm. uh, to overcome. Um, and so, okay, so you you graduate high, uh, high school, you graduate um, college, and how, how soon did you get a job? So, um, well, pretty quickly, um, like within that month. But I was also really smart and like I graduated in May. We got married in September and, you know, I, I got a job probably by June. Okay. I mean, so I had a, I was a receptionist at Ethan Allen Dallas. So that was fun. I thought for a little while that that's kind of how I wanted to take my life was like, oh, I want to be an interior designer. And then I realized that I do not have the creative gene like my mom or anything else. And it's funny because um, she draws and is really artistic. And so are my kids, both of them. I'm like, I can't even draw stick figures. So I don't know where you're getting this whole ability to draw things and, you know, whatever on paper with a pen and ugh. so uh they're doing that um but it's uh my husband <laughs> decorates the entire like our house is a home because of him not because of me because it's one of those like you know that doesn't match and I'm like <laughs> oh but it okay so I'm, mine's the whole like structure it's funny that we uh we have actually sw- we're opposite of most people like I'm the one who's like putting things together and like building the things that are inside the house and he's the one that makes it look really good but um, oh, that's cool. It's yeah. a great teamwork. Yeah. That's what totally. it's all about. Yes. Yes, it is. So yeah. anyway, it looks it looks really good because of him. <laughs> uh, I would the say house. the house um, and same thing. I would we probably have that in common because the house here is it's the nice decorations are because of Logan. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll make a, suge- a suggestion. He's like, uh, let's try it like this. And it looks so much better. Yeah. He tweaks one little thing. And I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, it looks it looks great better. Yeah, or he yep, changes yep. it, or you know, like, there's the height difference. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. the who? I don't know. As long as it is not falling apart, that's all I care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it's it. funny. We we he's he's actually much better at putting things nicer and looking making yeah. things look nicer than yeah. than I am. Um, that's that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, my husband has an obsession with pillows. What about yours? Pillows, <laughs> pillows, tech. Okay, er- everything. Okay. Just it's like for him is uh, well tech. And like the lighting, the lighting yeah. has yes. to be there. We have lots of lamps. Yes, the lighting. And like there's yeah. a big lamp in the middle. 
<laughs> just use that. And it's like, no, but it's not soft. It's not yeah. you know, warm. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, things like that. Right. Uh, yeah. That's that. That would be the thing with ham and things have uh, um, things have to be uh, nice and um, functional. Yes, functional. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's uh, and I love it because I he thinks about it and then he does it. And um, I yeah. love it, and I enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> so. I enjoy it because I don't have to do it. Hey, I, hey. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's you decorate differently with the spring <laughs> yeah. and the fall and the things, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's funny. So okay, so you are you in? You, so you're in college when when you meet or, or you see your husband? Yes, that's how we met. And uh, and how. How was how was that? What did you see in him that 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 attracted you? Um, well, I didn't know really. Uh, he was musical. Mm-hmm. I liked that, and then I thought he was cute, so I was like, "Hey, I need to introduce myself." And then it turned out that he was also um, very spiritual. He grew up with God in his life, and I found that important. And and we have truly like that has been a huge part of our relationship is like God is in the center. Like we've always gone to church. We've always made that part of our family, really. Yeah. Um, so and as you started I guess hanging out with him and, and getting to know him better, what what values, um, what other values or what what it what was it about his character also that that attracted you or what did you see? So initially it was because he's funny okay he has a personality and he's really funny so that that was like okay so he's smart he's funny and he's a man of god so Mm. this is all important all good things and so uh that's kind of was what it was initially and then um it just kind of it truly went from there and so when you think of um he's usually the one (laughs) so not to talk bad about myself but um like it if I was like, oh, I hate this person. I don't want to do this, whatever. And it's like he always puts things in perspective for mm-hmm. me, um, which helps. Yeah. And so he has really made a big difference in terms of, like, he always brings that side of things into it. He, well, yeah. he grounds me is how he'd like to say it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I love it. it. I And, you know, I think we all at some some point in our, in our lives need somebody like that like mm-hmm. I, for me it's also Logan funny enough yes you know it just kind of puts things as they are and it's like take the feelings aside and this is how it is yeah and what's the what okay what is the outcome we want to we want to get out of okay let's focus on that yeah so one thing I love about our relationship is that we never we've never let each other settle We've never let each other like wallow in things for too long. We've always like have been there to support, push, all of that. And so it's like he um, is always pushing me to do more, reach for more, be more. And it's kind of the same, vice versa. It's like you don't like your job, stop whining about it and just change it. Um, so we, it's one of those we can be very honest and truthful with each other, but it's always with love. And there's, so there's always um, – we don't go to bed mad or angry with each other. And so, like, even if we have a fight, it's always we resolve it kind of before we go to bed. And so. Okay. Yeah. So is because is, every every relationship. Um, how long have you been married? Oh, my gosh. A really long time. It's 19 years in September this year. 
Wow. I'm old. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. That's yeah. that's awesome. Um and okay, so so knowing that, you know, I'm sure as we all know, being in a relationship brings in um, a lot of growth and changes and, and challenges. So with those, how, how did you and him learn how to deal with these challenges together? Was that? Like- I think um, because we've truly grown up together almost. And like when we, we were in college, but we were kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so it's kind of like um, all of the the growing pains, all those things. We kind of worked through all of that when we were young. Okay. And it was also, we kind of made a commitment. Obviously, when you get married, you're just like, till death to us part and all those things. But we truly, it was like, we will work through it. Mm-hmm. And so even when we have moments of, like, disagreement, things like that, we go through periods of, like, we're not afraid to say, you know what, I'm feeling really disconnected. And even though it can be like, whatever for the other person, it's like, no, truly, like, we can usually both feel it at the same time. And so it's like, I'm feeling very disconnected. I'm feeling very like at odds all the time. Um, And so usually- Communication, it sounds like. Well, okay, so he was, while he was in the orchestra, he started as an orchestra um, major, major, and then um, they actually asked him to stay and continue to play the violin, but he was a psychology major. So um, he's brought that into things too. So if I'm going to talk to someone who's, you know, willing to, uh, you know, talk about those things, be so open, I think I'm lucky because a lot of men, um, and this is no fault of their own, they just don't think the same... We have very complicated um, minds as women, and we make things like stories, and that's part of what I've learned as a coach. Mm. And um, in the last two years, is that we make up these stories, we make up these, you know, scenarios or things in your mind, and it's like, for example, um, we're uh, like I needed to order dinner or something at, the other night, and um, I was supposed to do it before I left. Well, things happened, whatever, and I had to get on the road before I got the order in. He'd had a long week and et cetera, et cetera, whatever, all the things. Um, And so I just called him and said, hey, can you put the order in because, um, you know, I'm driving. Well, he's like, sure. Nothing. Nobody else would have thought anything of it. I flew off the handle. And I'm like, you don't care. You don't want, you know, you just want me to have a wreck. You want me to da 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 And he was like, where is this coming from? And I'm like, where are you coming from? And so it was like (laughs) one of those, um, like, we can just sort of, like, all these things in our head. And so right. anyway, when we have times like that, we talk through them, we work through them. And it's like, we always come back to the, I'm here for you. I'm mm-hmm. on your side. I'm I'm not out to get you. The world is not out to get you. And roles reverse sometimes because sometimes it's him flying off the handle. Sometimes it's me flying off the handle. Usually me because I'm the woman and that's just kind of how it happens. Not to be sexist about stuff, but I'm usually the one who's a nut in the the relationship. So is he sometimes, let me just say. But um, anyway, that's kind of where it always comes back to that. Yeah, communication. Communication and and talking things through. Um, And I love how you said that it's because at at the end of the day, you guys just are doing it based on love, right? And nobody's Truthfully. out to get anybody else. Right. And right. it's just kind of like, okay, let's unwind those knots that I just mm-hmm. made myself in my own brain. Yep. Let's talk it through, which is, I guess, in 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 a sense or in a way to see it, it's kind of like you're untying those knots. 
right. that, that just kind of created that, that little tension right there. And mm-hmm. it's important to catch it on time before it, because if you don't address it, it'll come up back later. But you know, you just said you, and for some, for some people it works out like you, you know, where you have to talk about it before you go to bed. Uh, for me, it's a little bit different. I have to, I have to step away. Like I have to step away and not talk until, mm-hmm. until I feel my heart rate is down and I can like we should think. do that. We should do that. <laughs> because there's still like when your heart's up and then like the heat of the moment you say right. things and then you have to go back and apologize later but and yes it takes time you know like it takes many mistakes to finally realize what you're doing and that hey the best thing to do right now is to take a step back because i know what's going to happen i've been there done that i know what's going to come out of my mouth and i know what I, that i'm going to regret it so yep. not now knowing that and, and making that mistakes multiple times okay i'm not going to do that again i'm going to take the time that I need. And it varies, right? It varies how, how it affected mm-hmm. me uh, mostly because he's pretty calm and collected most of the time. Um, But I, I need to calm down. Like I, I need to calm down because otherwise mm-hmm. my feelings are going to start talking. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say I grew up, my mom was very, it drove me nuts as a child. Like when we'd get in trouble, we'd do things and she's like, okay, we're moving on. And mm. it would just be like, drop it, move on. Oh, so I do that sometimes now. It's like we're in an argument. Okay, we've both made our points. Drop it. Move on. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And so I tend to, I try to do that. And he's one of those like, I still want to be mad. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And so, <laughs> you know, there's moments like that because he's more like you and that he like I've got to digest it and yeah. let it rest for a minute and then I'll talk to you about it. But um yeah, so I, I probably need to work on that some, like let him have his feelings. And I'm, that's – I actually was at a, a conference this weekend that it was let you let those feelings, let your emotions, like let them resonate in you and mm-hmm. let them sort of evolve and then like get through the anger, like let the anger like fester up and then die out on its yes. own. And just so it's, it's not like, because I will say that when I'm like, okay, just pass it on. Well, it's still in there. Mm-hmm. It's just been bottled up. Right. So that is, yeah, I, I, that sort of, that doesn't help. Um, anyway. Yeah. It does cause conflict sometimes. <laughs> right. I think, uh, like, Logan at the beginning, um, when we started kind of, I guess, when we started dating and figuring these things out as mm-hmm. as as, chal- uh, as arguments would come up for, and, you know, it's usually, like, little things, right? Usually looking back. Mm-hmm. But at the mo- time, right? So, and he would want to talk about them right away. And I I can't like if I talk about it right away I'm in my feelings like yeah can't do that like I know that now Mm -hmm. right and he it was hard for him at first to give me that time and because he wanted to talk about it and resolve it and move on just kind of like you like just move on do it right yeah and so but with me it was like the emotions are there you know so um you know I, I, I had to learn myself how to take a step back and he also had to learn how to give me that time yeah and that took some time but like now it's it's if we do get in disagreements if and when Mm because now they're way more rare um it's like it's already like a process it's like I I I just don't even say a word he Mm -hmm. gives me the time and then just randomly either he or usually me I'll come back and say hey let's talk about it but I know now, like I, I had to work out 
the whole plate, the whole thing in my head. And at the end of the day, for me, what it's helped, it's like, okay, what matters and what results I want to get out of this. Right. And I learned that from him, right? Okay, what results do I want to get out of this? Right. And okay. And so, and sometimes I know it's just, and even in the moment when I, when I'm battling myself, Mm -hmm. I know I'm battling myself. I'm having this back and forth conversation with me. In your head, yeah. Until I'm like, okay, I'm ready to talk. Right. With my head, not my feelings. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of had to learn what not to bring up. Like, don't bring up the drama triangle and how he's living in it when we're in the middle of a fight. Because Mm. if he wants to process those things, it's like, you're in the drama triangle and things like that. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. makes it worse. And so, um, but it's kind of, um, you'd mentioned like uh, fewer now than early on. And I think like, while you're still learning how to leave each other, you live with each other. You're still like learning each little things that drive you nuts about the other person, but that you can, you can learn to live with. And yeah. it's like, that's who they are. And it's because it's our goal is never to change people. Right. Um, and so that's something I've had to learn too, um, is that the goal is never, you're not trying to change someone. Even if you think it's going to make them a better person, it's not like support them, meet them where they are and support them as they are. And if they want to change, support them in that change, but not, Yes. It's not your job to change them. They have to want to do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think at some point, a lot of us go through that. And that's that. I think that us wanting sometimes having that feeling of like having wanting them to change whoever that person may be. Right. It's because we want better. It, it doesn't come off in, in, yeah. in a negative way. It's actually the opposite. It just has that negative effect. Right. Right. It's like you want the best. Um, but funny enough, it's like what you just mentioned, learning to let them be who they are yeah. at the time. Like that is actually like optimal. Yeah. Um, it's above above it all because then then they do things willingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's when you have the best results. And I found yeah. that even with learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned like even reading. Right. So um, as a child, I never really liked reading. Right. Um. And now I'm like obsessed with it. Right. But I think it's because <laughs> like back then people were trying to push this on you, right? Like in school, you have to read this and you have to read this amount and you have to, like in that kind of, it's almost like a human instinct to just, no, don't tell me what to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And like now it's like, no, I want this. Mm-hmm. I want to learn. I'm seeking for this. Yeah information so i feel like you you're open to it and so now you can receive more of it because you're open because you want it right so it's easier kind of like a child you Mm -hmm. know when you're 16 and like a a years old with a two-year-old yeah it's like just like give me give me give me like more yes more information you're open yes exactly yeah um so it's very true. And and it all falls down with communication, right? Because and 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 that's one of the key things I feel like you just said. It's um, you know, with with through challenges or anything, um, it doesn't matter the timing at the at the end of the day, it's talking about it. Yeah. And it and and moving on. Yeah. And it so it's it's part of um one of the the values that I love so much about Optivia. It's like 
staying above the line, playing above the line. And so, you know, as you learn as a child, like be the first one to apologize, be the first one to, you know, say you're sorry, be the first one, which is the same, but be the, be the first one to come to it and even take blame just to kind of get the other person to take their guard down so that then you are open to talk about it Mm. and things. And so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how all that works. It's kind of like a cycle and different perspectives. Um, okay. So, so you guys, uh, how, how, can we take these? yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can take them off. Sorry. I don't know if I have these big things in my, no, you don't, no, but they're just smashing in my ear. Yeah. The, the glasses probably, uh, don't help. And these are pretty big. I'll just, yeah. Okay. Is it 1130, right. Logan? 1120. Okay. You, are you hungry? No, not yet. I just need to make sure that this doesn't look awful. <laughs> okay, You're go good. ahead. Okay. So where where were we? We were talking about communication. Um, communication. Being yeah, open. Yeah. So, okay, so you're, you're, you graduate college. Yeah. And uh, a few months later, <clears throat> you marry your husband. How long had, did you guys date before? We actually dated... Um, well, we met my freshman year, so gosh, three and a half years. We okay. were probably engaged for three of those three and a half years because we kind of knew right off the bat that we were um, that we wanted to kind of live the rest of our lives together. And so um, we promised my dad that we would wait to get married until after we graduated because, uh, I mean, God love my mom. She, they had kids. They got married before they graduated. So she had kids before she graduated, three kids and things like that. It's just things didn't allow her to finish her degree until later in life. So when we were growing up, it was, you know, a working mom going to school, three kids. It was all of that. Um, But she was having to work full time and go to school full time all together. And so, um, she was determined to get that degree and she did. I'm so proud of that. And so, um, yeah, it was just, we waited until we graduated. And then I probably went and got my master's within a year after I started my master's within a year after we graduated. So, um, I wanted to make sure I was done with that, done with school, not done with building my career. Cause I hadn't really didn't know where I wanted to go with it yet, but, um, doing all of that before we started having kids Okay. And then, yeah. There. So when when did your your mindset to change careers change? Because when you were going into college, you kind of thought you were going to stay in the the artsy yeah, world. Yeah, I did. And when 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 did that change? I, so I feel like halfway, not even really. Like I was enjoying doing that in college and doing the theater, and I loved it. I was. Um, I don't. I feel like I was never really good at it. I mean, I don't know if it was just my parents always told me I was really good at it and things like that. And so it was kind of I did it, but um, I never excelled as much as I. Th- and it was probably because I was living the dream that I used to have, like pre-accident and then all that. So, um, <clears throat> so uh, that's what kind of why I went and got my a minor in business just to kind of do things. And then I got out, and I truly had no idea. So I was, it, it's like the world is your oyster when you, when you graduate. And then, so you're like, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm going to do something. And so, um, I always had this, so 
from the accident, and maybe this is just was a, a mental thing, but it was like I always felt like, okay, I'm there was a reason. And maybe, like I said, I don't know if it was just something I told myself, whatever, but I always felt like there was a reason that I didn't die that night. Like, I was kept for something. God has a God has a purpose for you. God, ha- God He sees your road. And he, you kind of, I even had this discussion with my youngest son last night, um, was that we go through hard things, um, and God sort of does that on purpose. He puts those struggles, those trials in your life, like in your in your path because he knows what's on the other side and while you don't understand it here there's a reason there's always a reason like things that you think are like this is definitely not supposed to be happening they are um because they help shape the the next part of your journey and so um i have lost where we were talking uh it was it it was uh when when was it that you decided to change yes um so then i graduated i did the whole like quiz what you want to do with the rest of your life and then i thought okay i want to be an interior designer i want to do something creative and then i decided maybe marketing maybe not and then i went and i said okay let's do journalism i know how to write let's do something with it i didn't even um i thought advertising is kind of what was interesting to me and so um when i started my journalism um my the degree it was to not to be a writer, not to go be a news journalist, you know, in the hailstorms and then like telling people what it's what's going on in the on the ground and things like that. As like that that was never really my interest. It was kind of a focus on um, advertising. And then I sort of <clears throat> I went through. I got <clears throat> so sorry. Okay, so I went through and I had. Um, several jobs that I ended up getting laid off. It was like one of those at the advertising agency, we lost a big client, you don't have a job anymore, things like that. And so after going through that a couple of times, I was like, okay, I have this degree, what should I do with it? And then I decided, okay, I want to, I mean, I got a master's in journalism, and I know how to write, why don't I just start writing? So then I wrote some articles for different magazines, local magazines, did different things like that, and started making it more communications related. Um, and then, um, that was about the time that, uh, probably a couple of years into that, um, was about the time that we met at Monty. Um, and then, uh, my focus was communications and writing. And then I was introduced to customer experience, which I kind of felt like is a little bit of what we were doing before. Um, but was, there was this whole, like research operations and like tying knots, tying things together. It's like why this is happening. What about this experience could make it better? And all these different pieces working together that intrigued me. And I was like, this is such a cool profession. I want to know more about it. And so I tend to be one of those that like I see something and I'm like, I put my mind like that's what I want. I want to do this and I'll put my mind to it. Like. When I was writing and doing communications, I had no experience with that. I had nothing like that on my resume. And it was like, okay, what do I do? Do my research. How do I become that? How do I, who, what do I write? What do I, like, how do I get from A to B? And so that was start writing for local magazines, start writing your own stuff, start doing things like that. And then, then I had that experience on my resume and I could say that I, was a writer and I was a published writer and that I was you know doing things like that and then it was working for organizations and saying like here's my portfolio things like that and so um 
then I was able to kind of, you know, take that and run with it. And uh, I did customer experience for a long time and actually um, have been able to parlay that into my coaching now. Um, That's a kind of a huge part of like onboarding clients, onboarding coaches. Like what do they need to like going back to where was I when I first started? What did I need to know? Then it was the whole experience, feeding information to people little by little, getting feedback and sort of all all things that are involved with customer experience, which is way more than people think. It's so much more than customer service and so much more than just the surveys or just the reports or just the – there's just so much to it. And so I was able to kind of incorporate years and years and years of knowledge that I'd gained there to sort of making – what I hope is a better experience for clients, my clients. I mean, everybody kind of, um, when we're working in this the industry, everybody is their own boss. And so um, we're all independent contractors, basically. And so um, we create our own experience for our, our people. And so that's kind of, I've kind of enjoyed that, had fun with it. Maybe it was that like, yeah, anyway. Yeah, okay. So how, how long were you mm-hmm. writing articles for magazines? I only did that for a couple of years because I felt like I had used my brain too much. And I love to write, but it was um, when I'm, you're doing for magazines, it was I was m- I'm more one to say how can I say all this in the few fewest words possible. Um, and with magazines, it was like you have nine thousand words you have to write and fill seventeen pages of things and blah blah blah. And really, it's only like two, but two pages and like twelve hundred words. That's usually average, but. Um, it was, I felt like there was too many limitations on it. And I felt like it was harder to, I felt like I was having to come up with fluffy words just to fill space. And it just started to not interest me as much. And I respect anybody out there. There's beautiful writers out there, tons of them, obviously, uh, that do a much better job at it than I did. So um, now I've kind of just been able to, again, take what I've learned with that and I feel like everything sort of happened for a reason. I did everything along the way for a reason. Um, One of the things, actually, is that most places that I ever worked, it was about stomping on people, crushing them on your way up the ladder to get to the top. And when I started my last job um, at the bank, it was uh, the first place I'd ever worked where it was about teamwork. Like one of the things we had to do when we first started was read Patrick Lencioni's um, Team Player, I think is what it's called. And so uh, it was all about, like, we're not in there to crush everybody. Everybody has the same goal in the end. You're one small piece of a very large puzzle. How are we working together to reach that goal? And so um, it was also the first place that I'd ever been where we come up with these cool ideas in customer experience. It would be like, this would improve the experience by X, Y, Z. And we were, the way it was structured, um, at the time the senior vice president was able to go, okay, boom, it's done. It's in like, that's part of the, that's part of the process now. And so I was able to kind of see our work and see things that we'd come up with. Um, I don't know. It's not like this everywhere, but in a most Many, many organizations, customer experience is kind of an uphill battle because you're coming up with all these ideas coming up. But it's also we're pointing out sort of here's the struggles and pain points that people are having. Here's some ideas on how to fix them. Here's might be what's causing them. Um, 
but here's different ways we could improve the experience. And so we, it, it's not always seen if this, it, if everybody's mind is not in the right place or in the same, uh, we're not thinking in the same way, kind of all of the things that we come up with could actually come across as like, here's just extra work to put on your plate. Here's another thing that you have to add to your to-do list. And so, um, like I said, it was more it, meaningful, it, it, you would say. Yeah. Because you were actually uh, implementing things. Implementing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, and so for, I'm actually very interested, like as a journalist, what is that, what does a, a, a day look like for you? Because, you know, you, you have to write, so you have to kind of know what you're writing about, at least at some level. Yes. Um, so what is your day or maybe, maybe your week? Um, how, what does that look like for, for a journalist? I have no clue. Well, so as an official journalist, I wouldn't know because I never actually did that part of it. Like I never did the whole I want to rise, be a news anchor or do things like that. And right. so no. that's not the direction I went. But what I one thing I did enjoy about it was that you're always learning something new. Mm -hmm. There's always something different to. So I'm big on like research and just finding things, digging until you find like the best way to explain something or um, tell a story or help people understand what you're trying to say, things like that. Um, so I would often talk to, obviously talk to the people I was interviewing or would ask a bunch of questions or, um, do my own research and, but validate everything. And okay. so I was always really big on trust, but verify, which, you know, drives people crazy now because I'm like, how do you know that? Who says that? Where did you find that information? And they're like, I don't know. It just helps on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, but how do you know for sure? Right. I need the numbers. <laughs> well, so, yeah. yeah, I think I think that's very important uh, because nowadays we're so saturated with information yep. that you don't know. You never know. Right? Like what is true and what is not. Right. And one of the things I've mentioned a lot in the past in other podcasts is that it's it's like we as people, we need to learn how to we need to learn how to think for ourselves. Right. Right. So if somebody says something, it's like, okay, you have this information. What are you gonna do with are you just gonna believe or are you going to you know, make sure that what you're getting is right if you do believe in it or if you do kind of take it as a fact. And right. so I think the whole and, and I feel like a lot of people nowadays are confused because they have so many different opinions, so many different perspectives. And if they don't know how to do their own research, if they don't know how to come up with their own ideas or mm -hmm. uh, or, or their own summary of the information right. then that they get so confused I like you know for example you know in in real estate like people don't know some some people say okay well the we're past the hump others like we're about to enter the big thing and it's like who do you believe it's like it's not who do you believe it's what information are you gathering mm -hmm. and what's your own uh, right. analysis out of what the information right. you're reading and who right. you're getting it from. Yes, yes. Right? I'm one that's like, I've always been 
when you're doing research and things, it's like find five different places that are saying the same thing and, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of like what are they all saying? And it's like if you've got two opposing arguments, you need to find three more things to look at. And I just I overanalyze and over-research. I do have the case of analysis paralysis sometimes because I kind of get going and I'm like, but wait, but with that. And I don't know. Uh, well, I, I I like that because you're trying to get to the core. I know right. sometimes it may seem maybe even a little bit like you know Over like the top <laughs> obsessive. I don't know, but I don't I don't think so because I think at the end of the day it's like you know you're looking for something and it's right. you're yeah. gonna look until you find that, not just and be complacent mm-hmm. with what you get and be lazy and not do the job correct or the extra Absolutely. miles. Absolutely, right? yep. So I love that, actually, you know. Um, now, sometimes I, I feel like I, I do uh, relate a little bit with sometimes I, I, I feel like when I'm looking for things, I may overthink or I'm like, I'm just spending too much time here. Um, you know, what what was it that I'm trying to get to again? Um, but uh, I am curious to know, like, how with with your your experience and gathering so many different facts and information how do you make note of it how do you structure it so that at the end of the day you come and you have your story so like how are you how do you keep your notes or how do you I mean like for like when, when you're I'm doing your story research, and things like yeah. that um I just or jot anything, it down really. write it down I've got like I'm obsessed with post-it notes it drives okay. my husband crazy because he's like what is this one for what does this even okay. do do you even need this anymore and I'm like yeah yeah that's where that went you know that <laughs> okay. kind of thing and so um I've just got pads of paper that I've just sort of write and just write things down. I actually read, um, it was don't overthink. Stop overthinking. Stop overthinking. And it was by Nick Trenton. It was it very good. Um, it was one of those. So back to, uh, reading, I, um, I, when Audible came out, it was like my best friend because that kind of stuff didn't probably why I struggled a little bit in, um, my younger years is that I like to read. I like to absorb information, but I hate actually doing it, re- reading with my eyes. And if the words are too small, <laughs> then I'm like, ah, like you reread the same line over and over and over again, and it still doesn't even make sense. And so um, it was my best friend. And so that was one that I read with that. It's like having it in front of you and hearing the audible stuff, it helped. Um, but it was writing things down, getting it out of your head and not letting it sort of marinate. And because if it's all up here, you almost, it almost overwhelms you. And then you feel like, what was I thinking about? I forgot where my thought even was. And so I have to write it down. I'm also have started to like, if you think of something, if you can do it right then do it Mm -hmm. because, um, Otherwise, it starts to stack up in your head, and then you have to start making this list. And then you're like, what was that list again? Okay, it's one, two, three. Okay, what was that list again? One, two, three, four, seven. And then it starts to be like, oh, God, what was I thinking about this morning? It was so important. Like something I cannot forget, but I can't even remember what it was and things like that. And so writing stories, things like that, I would just write stuff down. And sometimes it would be just anything and everything that I could find with information I would put on a piece of paper and then – be able to take that information and then make it make sense, like pull out. People don't care about that. People need to know that. How am I going to fit that in? Um, like that's a huge part of the story, that kind of stuff. Oh, so you're more of uh, writing your stuff down with pen and paper. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to somebody just a couple of days ago. It was like some people take notes on their computer, and I would love to do that. But if I do that, then I go back instead of like listening and just taking notes. I'm like, okay, I need to fix the grammar in that. I feel like I'm having to, you know, I'm correcting my own grammar and my own sentence. And I'm like, you're just taking notes. Um, but so if I'm just yeah. jotting it down, if I'm like half a word here, or I think that was own, I think that was purpose, you know, okay. whatever. But it's like letters, I can kind of decipher what it says later. <laughs> Do you have a journal for yourself? Like for An like... An official journal? Um, no. Like for your your thoughts, like for yourself, you know, like your thoughts. Like, Should like, okay. I? Absolutely. Do I? I've got like 57 pads of paper that have something written on them somewhere and then in there somewhere with all the junk like my menu list is one page my grocery list is another page and then like all these important thoughts on you know page four and things like that but so it's all kind of everywhere which I have ADD and so I have to say that that's been like reading that overthinking book has helped a lot but it's still like my thoughts are sort of just kind of all over the place and you know so that that book is uh, taught you a lot. What was what one of the most uh, one one of the things that taught you the most that kind of sticks out? So, oh, having ADD and having I'm an organizer, but you wouldn't know it on, on my house sometimes because it's really messy. Um, but it's one of those like I know where everything is, so don't move it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it might be in the middle of the room on the on the dining room table, but. Um, that kind of thing. And so I think it was keep your space clean. So it's kind of all about your environment. It's all about if the space is clean, your mind is clean. Mm. Um, and then writing things down, like getting it out of your head. Mm. Um, even if it's, I'm going to say negative thoughts about yourself, negative th thoughts that you're having. It can also be like things to remember, to-do lists, whatever. I have long, long lists of things where my husband's like, don't forget to do X when I'm add it to my list. Okay. You know, because otherwise I'll forget because I know, I mean, literally yeah. on the way home, hey, check the mail on your way home. You're at the end of the street. I'll pull in the driveway. Did you check the mail? Oh, God, I forgot. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I literally just told you to check the mail and why didn't you? Things like that. Um, So that kind of I think the keep your space clean keeps your mind clean. Mm -hmm. And then if it's something that you can do right then, do it because then you don't have to think about it. Then you don't have to remember it later. Right. Right. But if you can't do it right then, write it down. Yeah. Okay. Now, have you always been this way where you write things down? Yes, which that's the whole like post-it notes everywhere all over okay. the place. My husband's like, do you need this one? Or is this trash? And I'm like, mm, what? Are there important words on there? No. Okay. You throw it away. Um, so that's kind of yes. Even growing up when you were uh, Probably not. Okay. I mean, I feel like that's been just... I want to say I've always written things down and I've always been sort of a like jot down some notes kind okay. of thing. Um, but I never knew what to do with them or how to organize them. And yet, if I take a personality yeah. test, I'm an organizer. Mm. Fancy that. <laughs> so when 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 did you start or what, where were you in life where you're like, I need to write down more? Like it sounds like like now you write like everything down. Yes. Um I probably well so, and I don't know if that has to do with high school because I feel like w 
I grew up in a time where it wasn't all about computers. It wasn't, right. I mean, like we had computers, but it wasn't like there was one computer in the house mm-hmm. and it was the main old huge screen that we all had to type and it's like the printer type thing. And so um, I just kind of, I grew up having to write stuff down. Um, but did you see I your think, parents do that? I'm oh. sure I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember my. My mom was like that. She scribbled things down all the time. There's always notes, always stuff okay. written down. And so I'm sure I picked some of that up from – and then my dad was always a list maker and so. Okay. That I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Truthfully, to do my – even as a coach now, call people, post – like live out loud, do things like that. Yeah. But I'm like, I need to have it on a list and I need to write it down and I need to – it's one of those like write it on the list even if you've already done it just so you can mark it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes you feel more productive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely do that and I think, um, yeah, it just yeah, and helps you stay organized in your head. Agreed. I, I You know, I, I'm really kind of digging in this in this topic with you because it is it is really important I feel like. I, I, I – didn't really ever see that growing up, so mm-hmm. I never really did that. I, I always thought I had to memorize things, yeah, and just kind of. And so, um, Logan is actually he's a huge list maker, like especially in busy times and busy days. And mm-hmm. you know, now I mean, it's great. I feel like we couldn't do what we do now if it wasn't for writing things down. Yeah, but that wasn't always there for me. Like right. that came after I really learned that from Logan he would make things and it's like it's like you take a moment to write things down but it saves you so much time because now you move so much faster yeah because you don't have that in your head you know you already know you wrote it down Mm -hmm. right so now you know you can let go of trying to remember because now you know it's it's you wrote it down mm-hmm. right and so then when it's time to okay now let's get to work boom 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 you already know yeah. what to do you, you yeah. don't have to go back and rethink okay what was that that i that i said that i had to do yeah and it's interesting that you say that because part of like getting that out of your head keeping your mind clear keeping yourself organized is um all of that is a form of anxiety Like Mm -hmm. that you like it gets it makes you anxious in your head. And Mm -hmm. I never even really thought about that. But overthinking things is a form of anxiety because and I didn't know that until I read this book. And it was like, oh, my gosh, you're right, because usually when you think of anxiety, you're like, I'm sitting in the back room panicking about something or, you know, you know, I lock all the doors, close all the windows. I'm scared and things like that. That has nothing to do with being anxious. I mean, it can be intrusive thoughts or whatever it is, but all that stuff can can be anxiety or being over so overwhelmed with what's ahead of you that you don't even know where to start that makes you anxious too and so it's like getting it out of your head sometimes making a list or um writing down you know a path or whatever like here's what I'm supposed to do people think I'm crazy but I'm like I can't even like start my day until I know what I have to do sort of thing it's like yeah and again it's basic things like don't forget to wish people happy birthday and it's like that's a not something you should have to write down, but it's like if it's not on my list, I'm you probably do. not going to remember it. Right? No, yeah. you you kind of have to because um, I, I there's a, I think there's a study we have about sixty to eighty thousand thoughts a day. Oh yeah, and most of those thoughts are the same thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
just repeating yeah. themselves in yeah. a daily basis. So that right? you try not to forget them. Yeah. So when you write these things down and you work through these or even writing down your goals, you're essentially putting new thoughts. So you're replacing your old thoughts with yeah. new thoughts. Yeah. And so, so it like lets your mind grow. sort of grow and expand. expand. and yes. mm, Yep. Exactly. Yes. yes, totally. Otherwise, you'll be rethinking the same thing over and over again. Um, and that was actually very um, eye-opening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is all coming with like me kind of learning or knowing that there's a benefit in writing these things down. And not because somebody told me, it's because I'm looking, I'm, I'm experiencing it with Logan, right? I'm seeing that firsthand mm-hmm. and how... You know, it it's almost like, okay, there's a huge list. Take a moment, write it down. And then when you get to work, it's just boom, 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 because yeah. you've already do- taken the time to think about it. And it's kind of, it, and that's with to-do list, right? And it's yeah. it translates even kind of similarly to goals, right? Because you write down mm-hmm. your goals and then, okay, what are the steps? And you break yep. it down all work the backwards. way down to yeah. where you're at. To your level, right? Because everybody's level is going to be different. Okay, what is my next step? Literally, like a step on a, on a, in a stairway, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, what's the one next step? And 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 then knowing that now it makes it easier. You already made the plan. Now you don't have to keep rethinking the whole thing over and over and over, um, because it's in your head. No, now you know exactly what the next step is because you you've already done that. And un- I feel like it's even like unconsciously, you know, you don't have to like for me when I write things down, I know that I don't have to remember it because I already got a system down to where I'll, I'll it'll get to me. I don't have yeah. to feel like I have to remember yeah. it. I just have to remember where I wrote it down because I have been known to write the same list 27 times on mm. 27 different pieces of paper. Okay. And that's when my husband was like, I thought we already did this one or I thought this was already whatever. So um, but it's I've also found uh Having ADD, it's really easy to like start one thing and be like, oh, but I can get this done really fast. Like as I'm doing this, like before it's quite done and then I'll by by the end of the day, I've got like 27 things started and I haven't completed any of them. Yeah. So lately, by lately, I mean like in the last couple of days slash week, I've been um, making it a point to on my list like, okay, I started, you know, with before I cut the flowers or do things like that to – for the kitchen, I'm going to finish putting the dishes away and then go to this and then go to, seems like silly stuff, but, um, like there's very easy not to complete a task and then have nothing done by the end of the day. (laughs) But, you know, being aware of that, that's why writing these things down. Mm -hmm. And if you get to it by the end of the day and you're like, Oh, this is what I did with my day. That's a huge win because you know how your day went. Mm -hmm. And speaking of wins, um, writing things down and like letting things like, Hey, I made the bed this morning. I never make my bed, but I did today. Mm -hmm. Let that be a win. And I have learned, um, over the last two years, like everything can be a win. I read the gap in the gain a couple of months ago and it was so good because it's, there's wins everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at something like, Weight loss, for instance, it's like, okay, I have 30 pounds to go. I've only lost, by the way, I was a very slow loser. So like 0.02 was the most I would ever lose in a single day, which made it really, really 
challenging challenging to get excited about but it was like okay just stick with it you know keep doing keep consistency stick things like it. that um but it was like he I after the fact um I I went back and there's a lot of mental work that takes place because losing the weight it's like eat the right foods do the the things, the movement, the sleep, the water, all of those things combined help you lose the weight. But then the mental work is kind of to keep it going and to all of that. So where I was going with the gap and gain is that a way to look at that is that, oh, I've only lost two pounds. I've only, oh, no, no, no. It's not even, it's that, um, oh, I still have 27 pounds mm. to go. Ugh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing well at all. I still have this many this, or I haven't done a, a, what I have not accomplished yet. If I shift it and look at it more like, yeah, but I have, guess what I have done? I've lost three pounds. Like when's the last time I lost three pounds in, you know, four days or whatever. And I'm, that's, everybody's different. So everybody right. loses at a different rate, whatever, things like that. But, um, you know, if I look at it like that, then it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, the the taking everything for a win, yes. basically. Yeah, um, everything shifting, that shift the script, or what is it, change the script? Change the script, yeah. yes, yes. So um, let's take a quick break, and we're back. All right, so where were we? We were talking about um, um, notes, taking yes. notes. writing things down. Trying, helping you not be anxious. Yes. Oh, Overthinking, yes. things like that. And that you learned from, th which book was that? Stop Overthinking. It was by Nick Trenton. I have to write things down. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes, makes I'll sense. I'll be like, you know that book and oh, by I that person. Right, yeah. I was yeah. saying how I, I, I like to me, I, I find that very important now, especially from like, thinking about my life pre-taking notes mm -hmm. to learning to take note or 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 looking not really learning it's more so seeing the importance of of taking notes and like how fast I can move with with pre-notes versus like taking notes it's been a like life-changing for me mm -hmm. and you know, mm -hmm. it's funny because even when I suggest it to people, you talk about anxiety, and I didn't even know that, right? Or I didn't really hear that, but it makes well, you 100%. You don't even think to put them together. Yeah. And it's not even the notes that really what spoke to me was like, if it comes to your head and you can do it then, don't write it down mm -hmm. because then it stays in your head like, I still have to get this done, which kind of starts to weigh you down. And it's a very weird, vicious cycle that, your brain goes through that your head is constantly so there's like all these different things that can cause anxiety that you don't even think right would be <laughs> yeah and you you say that it makes like mm. so much sense right because I even like me knowing that now when I suggest it to people that don't take notes when you say oh people think I'm crazy it's like I feel like people think about that th that they yeah, think like people that don't take notes when I suggest it, I get that feeling yeah. where like when they you look think at twelve I'm, houses, you're like, you're gonna want to take notes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, in in anything, right, in mm -hmm. in life, and so um, it, it's it's I'm so glad that you bring that up, and that's why I was kind of digging into, like, where did that, you know, where did you learn that? How and. But for you, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You, you, you've, you've seen that since you kind of grew up because 
your parents were note takers. So probably not to the extreme that I am, but it. But you picked it up still from there. One I, yeah. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So and and that's awesome. So you you write things down in in separate locations. Is there? It, it, have you thought about a way to organize your your thoughts somewhere where you can like have consistently see them in the same place? Have you thought yeah. about that? Well, yeah, I mean, yes. So that's where I joke that like a personality test says I'm an organizer, but you wouldn't know it because yeah. I'm like all over the place with things. Um, yes, I well, I've started kind of keeping um, my head being all over the place. It was like, let me keep a calendar on my computer. Let me keep it on my phone. Let me keep it in paper and things like that. But I actually have a, a kind of gone old school because this is what made me most successful in college and kind of keeping my head straight um, was writing it in a like a paper, like a planner. Okay. So that's kind of what I started doing okay. this year, and it's helped. Yeah. So, so I, I, um, ever since I've, I started taking notes, um, mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to say, like, it's been like little by little. Now it's more, I would say, but I feel like I had a similar struggle where I would write things down. And then I would write them in different places. Mm-hmm. And I would try like on paper and then I would try on my phone and I would try on the notes and then I would try on this. And I even uh, like putting things on my calendar. I'm like, okay, maybe if I just put in my calendar. But now I will say that what's been working really well for me lately is that, well, I, I listened to Jim Ron and Jim Ron said, start of start a library and I, when he was saying it he meant so more so like start reading uh, which I, I get that point but when he I listened to some of his videos multiple times like in repeat mm-hmm. because every time I listen to it I get you hear something different yes yeah. and so one of the when one of the many repeats he said you know same thing I'm listening to the same thing and I'm like a library I can and I started a library on like uh, there's an app called Notion. Mm, I don't know if you're yeah, familiar uh-huh. with it. Actually, yes. I yeah, So you used can it. do you I can do whatever website you, on it actually. So you can do yeah. all these things, right, uh-huh. with Notion. And, yes. and it can get overwhelming because I've been it using is. it for many for a few years now. And it can get overwhelming because you, it's so customizable that you can do so much. You can do so much with it. So, you know, I would start doing make one a list, thing. Make a toggle, make a this, make a titles, I, headlines, and yeah, page, different and then pages, a page, and then another sub page. And, and yeah. it's kind of like the matrix where you can just open a page mm-hmm. and you can build multiple pages inside of that page, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I found myself being an or like doing too much that I would end up getting yeah. lost in all these different ways I would structure things. And um, so going back to the video, Jim Ron said, you know, build a library. So I'm like, that's what I need to do. Because even sometimes when I have to go back and reference things, it's like I, I, I wrote notes here and there and there. Okay, where did I write it? I don't know. I wrote it like last year. I don't know where I did it. Right, so... When I started building a uh, library on Notion, I just created like a, a board, and then you know you have your different fields, right. and so on like the main one, right? I I make it the title either whether it's a video or mm-hmm. a book or an audible or a podcast, 
And so I have another field that tells me what it is, right? Oh, Book, Audible, I see. you know, whatever that is. Okay. And then I, I even have a, I put a, a, a thing like, of when I So if you want to go back and listen it, or watch it again, it's all right there. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, cool. And not only that, so like now as I've dissected sim- same video multiple times, when I'm writing things down even word for word, I go into like I open that page of that whatever in the, my library, right? I open, say, Jim Ron video, whatever. I have the title of the video, click on it. And as I'm listening to the video, I'm taking notes. So because even in the past, one of the things was I'm like, oh, that was a really good video. I want to get back to what was it that he said regarding this topic? And I would have to kind of dig through it within the video itself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But now that I I'm, hmm. I don't just listen to the video, I study the video or I study the book. Yeah. I don't just read it, right? So you can give like the time slot and exactly where it is in there. Yeah. Yeah. I started doing the time, but then I'm like, that's too much time. It doesn't even matter. Really? I just started like just from the beginning. And so yeah. what I started doing was, okay, I'm just writing down what I'm taking out of it, where it's an audible book, a physical book, um, like a paper book or anything, whatever that is, whatever educational thing. And I'm, I'm, studying it so I write down and as I'm writing down these things I have to even go back on on the video or the book because I'm like even as I'm writing it down word for word almost I um, I miss words I'm like oh and as I'm writing it down it just kind of like staples in me it's mm-hmm. it has such a different effect that I that wasn't even the goal of it but that's what I'm finding I'm getting out of it so as I when I want to go back, I'm like, oh, it was this video. And if I, I just type in a keyword and it takes me straight to it. So I don't have to right. go back to the video and re-listen. Mm-hmm. I've or or even then. So um and this this takes a minute, right? And so I'm but this like I've gotten to this habit where as I'm writing, um, dissecting it, um, at the end, you know, I, I let it sit there and then I, I make another like title at the bottom where I just kind of write a synopsis, right? So it just basically just a yeah. basic summary mm-hmm. of all like when you talked about you know journaling you have to get all this all this information all this research and then you have to compress it to the least words possible mm-hmm. then that's what I kind of do so that's like the biggest juice I get out of that content yeah, yeah. exactly and then I I and so um that has helped me so much because I found myself in that same situation where I would write things down and I'd forget where I wrote them or it there'd be just all over the place, which mm-hmm. is good. It's better than nothing because oh, I've done nothing. Right. I have done that sometimes with reminders. Like I do have to put it on my phone, write it on my hand, mm-hmm. write it in my, you know, binder right. or whatever. Like if I have it in enough different places and I hope not to forget it, sometimes I still do, but. Yeah. yeah, I like the library idea, though, especially for because I do listen to podcasts all the time, watch mm-hmm. videos all the time, want to make notes of things yes. all the time. Yes. So I feel like that's a really good idea. Yes. You build your own library. Down. Right. So mm-hmm. and you customize it exactly how yep. you want to make it. Yep. So when did you create time? And even like I have a slot where it shows, you know, it's like last edited time. So if I want to know what was it what that I was doing last, I just filter it by last yeah. edited. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's all there. That's very cool. Um, and it's it's just like the the biggest nuggets out of whatever it is that I am I'm, I'm getting out of. So, mm-hmm. um, 
it's it's been a learning experience for myself and so i'm I, i'm always seeking even to learn yeah. you know that's why i kind of keep yeah digging yeah in, in your brain with it because it, i feel it's so important i and i'm, I'm almost like obsessed with it mm-hmm. um and, and all of it is part of uh personal development right yes yeah all of Absolutely. it yes. and the the beautiful thing is that it doesn't matter how old you are. Like there is always room for improvement. Oh yeah, massive. S- yes, and I think um, just constantly learning, always wanting to learn, wanting to know more. And maybe it's like, oh, here's a new venture. Let me learn all about it. And you know, do you ever set my mind to something, and then I'll get yeah. there. And so learn everything about that that I can. And yeah, I I am one that likes to learn. Just. Listen, listen, listen to, you know, that's why I love Audible because I can be driving and then like listening to an entire book and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, okay, so you start journaling um, and then you you kind of you build your portfolio and then you get hired by by was it Monotronics you said next that that helped you? Um. I was first. It was uh, Globe Life, and then it was oh, Monotronics, and then it was Ambit Energy, and then like, I don't know if you, all those things don't matter. But then there was Texas Capital Bank, and then just kind of different places that I've worked along the way. Um, and then I sort of I started coaching, and then it, it's one of those that I've been able to kind of use everything that I've learned yeah. in that, and it kind of became like the best job I've ever had that I never knew I ever wanted. Mm, that makes mm, sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, that reminds me, um, I, you know, I mentioned Jim Ron, <clears throat> but one of the things he also said is that, um, like, do you believe in miracles? I do. I've been, I, I do, 100%. Obviously. I mean, like, I don't, you're almost a miracle one, yourself. You know, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, Jim Ron says um, that sometimes, sometimes we try to understand how miracles work, uh, mm-hmm. or you know, but at the end of the day, we really don't know how they work, right? And we don't. And so they, t- that's why it's called miracle, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, it just happens. And it's like, how did that happen? I don't, right. It just happened, right? So touch of God. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. When he when he said this, it just kind of blew my mind. And he said, um, "So miracles, it's like planting a seed. Yeah, all you got to do is plant the seed, and God will take care of the soil, everything, sunshine, rest, rain, water. everything. Right? So he says, just plant the seed, meaning just do, right? Just do, and the miracle will come. The tree will grow. Yeah." So God doesn't say, hey, Shannon, you know, build a tree. Yeah. He says, right. Plant Here's the, the seed. small little steps to get. Yeah. Just plant yeah. the seed. I'll take care of everything That's else. Why he doesn't show you what's down here on the other side. Right. The whole going back to, you know, the struggles you're living or that you're tr- the troubles you're going through now, trials, tribulations, all these things. You don't know what's on the other side. Right. Because you might not be ready to yeah. even see or understand or comprehend. Maybe you haven't any planted the seeds. Yeah, that's true too. You know, or or not not the right seeds. Maybe maybe you planted a uh, a a an apple tree, but now you're looking for potatoes, and potatoes mm-hmm. aren't grown on the ground, not yeah. on the tree. You're you're looking up, looking for potatoes, <laughs> but you yeah. didn't know you planted a <clears throat> a tree, 
a, right. an, an apple tree. Right, right. Right. Yeah. And I think um, the, so the last year or so, I've really learned to lean into and trust God. Mm. It's not what I want. I mean, it is. I mean, obviously, we would. It's we, a mixture. It's sort of all these things that's like, if God puts something in your path, pray about it because uh, we think we know, but we don't really know what we need or what we want, what we think. I've, I've learned to, I'm supposed to stay here. I'm supposed to do this. You know, most of the time you go and you try to change things about your situation, change things about, you know, get a new job. But it's like if God's using where you are now to shape you to where you're supposed to be. And I, I know I keep say, kind of using that reference, but um, I've really learned how to lean in and say, okay, I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm going to trust it. Mm. And, you know, things kind of, they happen the way they should, the order they should, as they should. How, how, when, when you pray, what does, what does that look like? Like, um, nonsense sometimes. Cause I don't, so I'm really, and maybe this is just a, a personal, um, sort of, I have a, what am I trying to say? Um, insecurity. Um, it always, cause I hate being the one to have to pray out loud and things like that, but it's like, okay, God just kind of talk to him and you know, he knows kind of. It doesn't have to make sense because he knows what you're thinking. He knows what's going on. He already knows. He knows the six steps ahead, 20 steps ahead of where you are now, why it's happening. Um, it's just you kind of making sense of it in your own head. Uh, but when I pray, it's just talking to him. It's like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this really where I'm supposed to go? This is how I'm understanding it. It's I'm constantly saying, give me a sign. If it's if I'm misunderstanding, if I'm not, in, you know, if it's not where I'm supposed to be. Show me, tell me, whatever, and then. So, do you think? Do you think things like? Do you think your path is already kind of written in a way? Do you th like in when, his when things, eyes? In his yes, eyes. yeah. But we have no like. We don't know where it's going to go, and we don't. We can't see the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we could, things would be different because we would do things differently. We would do things however we think they should happen like oh I won't get there unless I do xyz and he has a very different path for you to get there it's like no for you to gain the knowledge you need to get here you need to go through all these struggles and trials and things like that and so it's like I'm 100% think things happen for a reason my accident shaped who I am today um is it the way I probably would have liked things to go no I mean I had to relearn a bunch of stuff but it kind of shaped who I am today and it also has made me one like I never give up like this, it was uh, interesting it was funny because anytime I say I want to do something my husband's like well I think you've already put your mind to it so I'm certainly not going to stand in your way because I know you're going to go and like you're going to it's you're going to make it happen and so um that's one of those I like to put my mind to things and then no matter how long it takes I will get there Sometimes that sometimes that's to my detriment because I will go and go and go until I do get there, even if it's like makes life really hard. <laughs> yeah, but um, I get there. Well, you know, doing things is not easy. That's why some do more than others, and it's because it takes work. Oh, it 100%, takes yep. sacrifices. And it's not easy. Otherwise, if it was, everybody would be doing, doing everything, it. right? Yep, so, yep. Uh, but it, it, I, I had a couple of thoughts, but one of the thoughts I had earlier and, and I didn't get back to 
um, you mentioned um, uh, a pathway, a struggle, right? So it, it takes, it takes, there's a path that, that, that you kind of have to go through. And earlier you mentioned you've learned to take every situation as a win. And um, like no Easier matter. Easier said than done. Yes. Right. So when I when I I listened to a similar message, maybe a little bit different, but it was every situation is a win win. Yeah. Every single situation, because if if you planned to do something and you got the outcome you wanted, that's a win. Right. You got you. You mm-hmm. plan something. You got what you wanted. If you plan something or you expect mm-hmm. something or whatever it is and you don't get the outcome that you expected. Right. That's a win because that. It, but it's that's up to you. Only. Even if it's a failure, it's a learning opportunity. Yes. Well, yeah. exactly. It's because if you didn't get the results you wanted, it's because you missed something. So you can focus on the fact that you didn't get it on the first try. That's, you know, that's, I don't, I'm not even going to put a label there, but, um, or you can say, why didn't I get that outcome? Exactly. That was what I was going to say was like, you go back and you say, okay, what did I do wrong? What can I do differently? And that's the jewel. That's, that's the, that's the diamond in the Mm -hmm. roughness being built right there because, Mm -hmm. uh, you Obviously, if you would have known that, you probably would have gotten a different result. Mm-hmm. But obviously, this this experience showed you in the darkness. You saw the light. You saw that this is what I missed. Right. So if you focus on the on the egoistic side of I didn't get what I wanted, and mm-hmm. now I'm upset. Now in my I'm in my feelings. Now I feel like I'm a failure. All in my head. Yeah, and yeah. it happens to I think most everyone. of us, everyone I would say, but it's it it helps when you understand. See, when I when I understood that this was just part of the process, when I yeah. started understanding, when I started understanding that okay, if I'm gonna focus that I'm a failure or that I didn't get what I wanted because I'm not good enough, that's the outcome that I'm gonna get. Yeah, and that's absolutely. gonna take me somewhere. That's just gonna take me to all these other roads of I'm not good enough, and that's a that's a that's a road in itself. And it's mm-hmm. do I want to go to that? Uh, do I want to walk that road, or do I want to take a different path, which is Take what it is that I missed, which is take that lesson, that's a win. Because now you know better. Because mm-hmm. of this experience, you are no, a, a, a very tiny part of you died. Now you're essentially kind of reborn. Yeah, and I like to look at it, like when I say, um, like everything happens for a reason, or like that's all part of the plan, mm-hmm. your path, mm-hmm. um, is that... Not that he intended for you to fail, but he knew that like you failed because this is the lesson he needed you to learn from it. So when you look at everything like a win, it's like, okay, what did I learn from this? Mm. Any failure, anything that we've done, um, it, it you need to say, what can I get from this? What did I gain from this? What did I learn from this? What did I learn I've from this? I've only, you know, right. what have I done so far to lose X number of pounds? What have I done so far to reach X goal kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I love that. Now, one one of the things I do kind of have a different perspective yeah. is, that, um, is that I feel like we are 
we are the captains of our own ship and i feel mm-hmm. like we have we have the option um through higher power and i and i say that because i i do in my mind i call it god within myself um, but I know there's different religions. Yeah, yeah. And I know there's people that don't believe in religions. Yeah. And I know there's people that, but at the end of the day, everybody believes in a higher power. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's, we're not here, just we're not gods, right? right. So there's definitely a higher power. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like we, like that, we, li- we are part of the higher power. Like, mm-hmm. and we are all connected as long as we're breathing we're all connected. And so I feel like I feel like we are responsible and we have the power to build the lives we want to live and we want like we have that power. Like yeah. it's just a matter of taking ownership and I and understanding that there are higher there's a there's a higher power that we have <clears throat> no knowledge about. Like we we don't understand Right. fully right um and even there's there's uh this mystic he's his name is set sat guru he talks about um like even the smartest people alive ever don't even understand a single cell to its fullest right right it's it's a a very like a cell it's mostly energy it's a tiny percentage of matter and the rest of it is energy we are energy Right. And that energy is that higher or is that higher power is coming from. Mm-hmm. And we're all connected. Right. Like you mentioned, even when you were recovering, it was the energy. It was that support. It was those prayers. It mm-hmm. was the it, it's that energy. Right. 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 Yeah. And I know that you're like so when I think um, to kind of go back to I think that we'll kind of say the same thing, but sort of just different ways. Because yes. I think, I think so. um, like. I believe in God, so I'll just say that. But um, he gives you the autonomy to make your own decisions. Mm, and mm-hmm. so you can go down the wrong path. You can take the wrong thing from it. I have personally chosen to um, take it, everything that he puts in my path, mm-hmm. as an opportunity mm-hmm. to learn. And so that, with the autonomy of that, I can choose. Yes. So when you say uh, uh, captain of our own ships, 100% agree yes. with you. From this perspective, it's that he has given us the autonomy to do what we will with our lives. I choose, I can choose to lean in and trust what he has for me or not. Mm. If I want, if I mess up and I fail, like you said, if you fail, I can choose to like wallow in it and then take this path and do whatever. Or I can choose to go, okay, it didn't work. I'm not giving up. I'm going to try again. What am I learning from this situation? What am I going to do differently? Things like that. But that can be. Yeah. So, Captain of Your Own Ship, you make that. That's your own choice. And I, uh, full disclosure, that me having this attitude and this approach has been very recently sort of acquired and learned because mm-hmm. I, ne- I was very. Um, was very negative, very like the world is against me. Everybody's out to get me for a very long time, like mm-hmm. most of my life kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, this has kind of been a, a recent yeah. development. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, what, how, when, when, when you say recent, how, how recent would you say like 2020? Probably within the last year. Okay. 
So, I mean, a little bit in terms of um, I started to make the shift when I, we, I joined the bank and it was um, thinking of it more like we're on the same team. Okay. We're not out to hurt each other. We're not out to get like we all have the same common goal. We're all just have like everybody has a different plays a different part to get there. And okay. so um, it, that kind of thing. I think that's where I started to shift okay. and go, OK, everybody is not out to get me. We are all on the same team. Okay. Um, and then. Yeah. And then uh, starting the program and losing the weight and then the mental work that I've done since that mm. whole like the last two years of development. I feel like I've developed more in the last two years mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, physically was a very short piece of it. Um, and I probably need to go back to that because there's the whole um, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. And so if and when you let that stuff kind of go which I can't say that for the last two years I've been perfect and constantly taking care of myself. So I'm kind of getting back into that, getting my head and my body in the right place again um, so that I can continue to. It's hard to help others if you can't even, if you're not congruent with the life that you claim to be living right. sort of thing. Agreed, agreed. So um, would you? So you're, you're a mother now of, of three, two, two, sorry. I keep boys. wanting to say three for some yes. reason. Two boys. Mm. Um, would you say how old is your youngest? Eight. Okay. Would you say that maybe your life was a little busier with being a mother and building a career? So maybe now maybe you have a little bit more time to focus in life within itself on like you and your personal development. Yeah, I feel like so. COVID was hard for a lot of people. COVID was. Um, kind of a blessing in my life because it let me stay home. It let me sort of experience that um, where I wasn't nose to the grindstone constantly. I got to, like, there was a little, I learned how to have a little more work-life balance and that it even existed. Um, but it also, it lets it let me kind of focus on myself a little bit, um, gave me the opportunity to so, let me, let me, like, grow into the person I was before in terms of, like, squeezing out of my clothes kind of things, but, um, and I get, I don't know where I'm trying to go with that, but, um, so then I was able to go, okay, I'm reevaluating things. I'm really, I didn't change jobs didn't do anything like that, but, uh, it, lets you, it was, a, it was a huge adjustment. But when I say it was kind of a blessing, it's that like, we didn't know any of our neighbors. It was one of those, like everybody was, you left at sunrise, picked kids up from daycare after being at work all day, closed the garage door behind you. We'll see everybody at school tomorrow. Nobody knew anybody. Nobody talked to anybody. And that was probably our fault for doing that. But our neighborhood, we have grown so close. I mean, now it's like kids are constantly running all over the place. And it's like we never know. I mean, we, we know where kids are, but it's like they're always at one of the houses or one of the things. But we as a group, as a community – kind of having that community around you. And I've got that, it, we grew so much and we became very close. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of, um, it was nice. Yeah, uh, it was a learning curve. And, and mm -hmm. you say a blessing, COVID, like being a blessing, I, I would say. Um, not for everyone. Not for anyone, everyone. But I feel like for a lot of people, a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people was able to look deep in their lives because they were kind of forced Fine. to yes yeah and and decide okay what really matters here 
Like yeah, it slowed us down yeah. a lot. It's it almost it yes. forced you to slow down and forced you to think about those right. things. Yeah, and so that that kind of I will say that kind of opened the door. Yeah, that opened that Pandora's box or whatever, and yes. then I started to gave you time to just sit on Facebook and see what other people were doing and mm-hmm. see what other people were saying and. Yeah. And it kind of got to the point where I was like, I was tired of looking at other people get skinny and lose weight. And I was like, God, I'm just sitting in my bed, yeah, like wanting to cry at every picture that I pass because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not me. And I don't want to live out loud. I can't. I, I was behind the camera all the time, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so um, that's kind of really where the door opened. And then. Yeah, it, it was it was and it was through a moment where there was a lot of fear, right? Like, what's going to oh, happen? Yeah. Nobody knew. Is it going to get Think to me? Think about having kids during that. I mean, you, I, I you, no, you I were active. Kids. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Not yet. People did. And I was like, I can't. I, I was, I remember, I don't even remember. It was like the bird flu or something when I had one of mine. And so all, things like that. I can't even imagine people who had kids during that time. The fear would have just been overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. There was fear everywhere, you know, um, and and. So it was it was a fearful moment where, um, yeah, like you and me and a lot of people, a lot of people. And, and I say a lot of people because a lot of people have told me that themselves and probably most, if not all of the people that sat on that chair have said COVID time was uh, basically uh, an eye opening where it changed your uh-huh. lives. Because 100%. for that reason, right, you were you're, you're, we're basically we were forced to slow down on time versus get out go take the kids out right the, like it was just this constant playing against the time kind of thing yeah and then it also so that that also kind of opened the door and I didn't really know it opened the door at the time but mm-hmm. it like it exposed you to like what the, here's what it's like to be home with your kids mm. for your kids and as a mom it was like wow I don't Every, I, I like the way that I like being home for them when they walk in the door. That's like my, my husband and I both work from home. And so it's our favorite part of our day is when they walk in mm-hmm. after school. And, and it's like they give us their hugs, they drop their bags, they do all these things. And so um, kind of that we've learned, we've just that's kind of become a tradition and it's kind of grown. We've grown to absolutely love that part of it. And so um, that's also what interested me so much in coaching mm. because – like I could see, while it, it's not immediate, I could see the the time freedom that it would provide. I wouldn't have or finding a way to work from home. Yeah. That was kind of probably what in it was a huge opportunity. So um, the working from home part was big for me yeah. because, and I think for a lot of moms, anybody who's if you can be home with your kids, I mean, yeah, I know some people don't want to do that, but I, you know, I personally did. Yeah, it was great, and I, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I love that. So okay, so your COVID COVID hits. You know, we're at home. Hmm. We're cooking brownies and yeah. all these great things. Eating the entire pan by myself within two days because you never know it might go bad if Ooh. you let it go more than two days. And when the kids only eat one each, you're like, well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so I joke, but I'm not even kidding when I say that. Yeah. No. Add, add a pint of ice cream, and there you go. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that was the case for, you know, many many people. Mm-hmm. And so you when was your aha moment when you're like that's it? I saw a picture of someone else who was probably bigger than me, but back to the way that she looked in high school. 
which was kind of, we were all sort of the same size in high school, whatever. But I was like, whoa, she can do this. Maybe I can too. Mm-hmm. And so then just kind of went from there. Use that as inspiration. Was what like, was the oh first thing you did? How, how did you, so for someone that it's currently struggling to find the motivation to get started even, um, like what, and what was your first step? What Once you realized, okay, maybe I can do this, what, what did you do next? So for several months, I, it took me probably several months to finally pull the trigger and say anything and just like make a comment on social media and say, oh my gosh, I have to know. This is it. This was the final straw. It was, I, I talk about how I was like, I would sit in my bed and I would scroll, I would do things. I was very uncomfortable in my own skin. Mm. I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel, I just, and I'll say fluffy. I mean, we I just kind of felt, I just felt blech. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of made a decision by just, it was kind of a, a grown discomfort, a grown sort of not disgust with myself, but sort of I'm discouraged by what I see in the mirror now. And mm-hmm. so I finally just said, okay, I've got to do something. And I don't know what it was going to be. And I, w- I spent lots and lots of diets, lots and lots of things. And so it was like, tried everything else. None of it worked. I was, I happened, I was one of those that was like, oh, I joke with my husband and he actually jokes back because he's like, I, I'm like, I buy every exercise video that there ha- that exists. I have, when you say library, I have a whole collection and his joke is that like, and they've all collected dust and some <laughs> of had never even been opened. Like some I've literally bought and been like, this is going to do the trick. This is going to be what makes me skinny. Um, and there's so much more to what you're consuming in the, the kitchen and what you're eating and all these things. And I never knew that all the sugar and carbohydrates and all those things was really what was making me tired all the time. So that was the other thing was I constantly felt like I got a whole night's sleep. Why am I waking up tired? Mm. Why am I like dragging myself out of bed? And so Mm. I I can't even really put my finger on it. It was just kind of decided that like this is it. I've got to do something, which is why like – we always say, like, when you're ready, you're ready, and you know you're ready. Mm-hmm. So when I say I started the week before Christmas, I know jokes started the week before Christmas. Who does that? N- most people wouldn't. Everyone around right. me was like, you're going to fail. You should probably just wait. Even mm-hmm. my coach was like, you should probably just wait. And I was like, nope, I'm going to do this. And so she'd be like, well, you're going to be one step ahead, everybody else, and whatever. So, um, yeah, I just I kind of stuck to it and – it's one of those it, it, people are like, oh, you have to deprive yourself. You have to do things. And it's nice because you're eating every two to three hours. So you're not deprived and you don't feel there's enough variety of different things that you can eat that you don't feel like you're we eat that often. So your blood sugar stabilizes. And you it's you don't feel like you're constantly hungry. You don't feel like you're constantly craving things. That's kind of what I found with any other diet. It's not like I didn't know what I needed to be eating. It's not like I didn't know what I should like. There's plenty of things that tell you these are the kind of snacks you should eat. These are the kind of things you should eat or whatever. But it was the time was a big thing for me. Um, It was like counting out 18 almonds and having two cheese sticks and cutting them into three pieces and making sure you're only eating this much at once and all those things. Mm -hmm. This was so convenient because it was like prepackaged. And everybody has their own opinion about like prepackaged foods, processed things. And this is really just dehydrated to kind of make it so that it's shelf stable. But um, it 
truly it was, I can grab a bar and go to a meeting. I can grab a shake. I can do this. I can, it was all done for me. So I didn't have to think about it. And I think that was the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Cause again, I can't tell you how many, you know, how much I'm a big on research. And so it was like all these diets, all these things, all these videos, this is going to be that, this is going to do the trick. Um, and this was just kind of done for me. I followed it. I was consistent. Which is followed it. And I was consistent. You were consistent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's that. What did that do? So so how did you find this program? Lots of people were posting about it on like Facebook. Okay. And so I kind of started to be like, what is this thing that everybody else is doing that's kind of magic? the magic pill for everyone else and there's no pills so we don't there's no supplements there's no any of that stuff it's just purely food um what is everybody doing this merry-go-round that everybody else is on that I haven't figured out how to even jump on yet right whatever and so I did um and of course it was like Christmas day and or so I talked to my coach the next day and part of what we do is that we start tasks we start to reach goals, we set goals, we do things, but mm. we do it in the privacy of our own mind and our own self so that when we don't achieve it, nobody else knows and you don't have to tell anybody. So if you fail, again, you're the only one who knows anyway. You don't have to tell a single soul about it. This is the accountability. I think I posted about this yesterday actually was like accountability groups in the communities is that I had to then call her the next day. It was like, how did you do? It was Christmas day. And then like well I kind of I messed up and it's like okay well it's not over it's not done just pick your pick yourself up start over again and it was like oh okay I can so I did and then at that point it was just like ride it to the end yeah okay and it wasn't even like it was a lot of support and it wasn't like it took a lot of convincing um just having the accountability yeah you would say yeah I think so yeah and I think uh, a big thing uh, that that I notice and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know it, I kind of go back to being open to um to wanting to know. You you saw people were doing this program, multiple mm-hmm. people that yeah. it worked. So instantly you leave the hesitate the the the. I don't the- know if I'd say instantly because I'm one of those that like I I I'm an overthinker, so I do the research and then I'm like. Then I have to sit on it and mull over it for okay. a long time, and okay. then so it. Took, but you believed like I said, in it, though, right? Because you saw people where it worked slowly, for people. But yes, I did, and everybody like some people see it and go, "Oh, that's an opportunity. I'm jumping on it." And then some people are like, "Well, I'm not so sure. I need to see 75 other people. That I need to. Ha- I need proof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a proof person, so yeah. I did that. Okay, so and and. And it worked, obviously. Obviously it did, because then there was one picture that I was like, okay, I've seen enough. I need to know more. Okay. That's kind of how it happened. Okay. And so what is, what is, so this program, uh, tell me a little bit more about this program. I know from what you've said, it's, you don't deprive yourself. You're eating every two hours. So uh, can can you talk about, a little bit about that program? So How you help others? um, It's not really the food. It's not really the process, like the packaged food. That's like, um, that's not really what does it. I mean, it is. It helps. It basically you're cutting carbs and sugars and things. But there's lots of diets out there that do similar things. I think what makes this one different is that you have the support, you have the community, 
You have the motivation of seeing other people's progress, seeing other people's pictures. What is everybody else doing? What are, uh, everybody's kind of, everybody's sort of at a different pace, but going through the same struggles, the same challenges, the same things. People ahead of you have experienced it. Here's how I did it. Um, I think that that is really what does it is that there's the accountability, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I mean, everyone, yeah, everyone, you're going on your own journey. So it's, it's not like Mm -hmm. I heard, um, there was a a conference that I went to this weekend that it was like, you're not helping somebody do something because then that means you're enabling them and you're doing it for them. You're supporting them, which means you're kind of, you guide them, but you're, you're empowering them to do it on their own. And so I think, uh, that's really what we do as coaches is that we are guides. We've done it. We can help you answer questions, do things like that, but help keep you motivated. And I think the community is the biggest, I never, I'm not a social person and I never was before. And like, I I don't like people kind of thing, but now um, it's a huge part of the whole experience is that like, you're not in it alone. And I think that's the biggest thing. Cause like, again, how many diets, how many goals have we set and started to try to achieve that we've never reached, but because we're doing it on our own, nobody else knows about it. You're not sharing the failure with anybody else, and so, right, yeah, it's and easier to make way, excuses or a hundred percent. And so this way, and it's not even that the accountability is like being mean and holding, like holding you, like you said you would, blah blah blah. It's like when you're supporting someone, you're meeting them where they are. It's mm, and meeting them when where they I are. say meeting them where they are, it's that. You don't have to be only drinking. Like the goal is to drink water, drink non, you know, take the sugar out of things like tea, water, all those things, but not sweet tea with gallons of sugar in it. Um, I have clients who come and they're like, I drink, you know, three things of Coke a day. Okay, we're meeting you where you are. Let's replace one of those in a day, replace it with the ice. Because then it's like, or an Ultima packet, which gives you the flavor. But if you need to mix it with the carbonation, and so everybody has different things. Like some people need the carbonation, some people need the flavor, some people need both, things like that. I joke because my husband's like, I don't do water. And I'm like, okay, awesome, because that's a huge part of this. And so we figured out a way to like add flavor to water so that, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. So when I say meet them where they are, it's like, okay, let's work towards, let's replace that one Coke a day. Okay, now we're a week into this. Do you think you can do one more? Are you up for it? Yeah, okay. So it's not that you're not drinking carbonated stuff that has flavor, because you are. You're just replacing the Coke, which is nothing but, you know, nothing against Coke, but whatever. It's, sugar. you know, like the sugar, the if there's artificial sweeteners or things like that, anything like that. Um, Yeah, or meeting people just where they are. I, so. I love that. I love that 100% because... I think that is the key. Because if you set the bar too high and people come and they're like, I, there's no way. Yeah, they're no going to say, this is not for me. Like, I don't fit here. I have, I'm have, i a failure just even looking at it. Right. You can't approach it that way. Yeah. So you have to, we always say that it's like you're one step ahead. You're pulling your hand back and you're pulling people up. Mm-hmm. You're just pulling them up to with you to join you and you're running on this together. Yes. So. I I love that approach. I I, and I believe in it, I would yeah. say. I believe in it because uh, I agree that nobody can force you or make you do anything, even if right. you have the best coach in the world. Yeah. Like, it's all up to you. Right. But And and you basically describing how you do that reminds me 
of uh, even like my journey in itself uh, when I started even working out, right? So we would go to the gym and we would do our own thing, right? Mm-hmm. It just, we got what we got. Yeah. Um, and I thought that I worked out hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was getting a good workout. Yeah. Until I saw myself in the mirror and I'm like, wow. Like I I started crying, really. I was like, wow. Like I can't believe I've allowed myself yeah. to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So I didn't necessarily get a, a health coach, but I joined Orange Theory. Yeah. Because in this is where it's going to be similar because – um, with Orange Theory, I didn't have to think about what I had to do to work out. You just show up and you do. You work out. Like the plan, it's already been it's laid out for laid you. Out for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and then you talk about accountability, right? Mm-hmm. So we're running in the treadmill and I want to stop and rest, right? If I was working, mm-hmm. by, working out by myself, I'd be like, I ran hard enough. Like I'm, I, I can yeah. rest. I'm just going to stop. But the person next to everybody, it's a group of, what, maybe 30 people. Um, everybody's doing the same thing, guided by the same coach. Mm-hmm. And you want to stop. But the person, you you see, and there's mirrors, right? So you see the person running next to you. And they're also struggling. And they're also working, running hard. And yeah. it's like, do I stop now? Well, first of all, they don't kind of let you stop. But you're like, I slowed down. Or I keep going. And just the people around you working equally, if not harder than you, makes keep you say, motivated. you know what? It's that community, right? Yep. And then you, st- you show up to the same class and it's like you, it's like the community. You already yeah. same faces, same faces. And, and you're not going to stop because they're not stopping. Right. And I don't have to do the hard, the hard work that's been laid out for me, the, the recipe, right? Like your program. Yeah. It's already, yeah. you don't have to think about it. You just got to follow it. Right. And accountability. You have your coaches pushing you, giving you motiva- motivating right. um, as you're working out and, and running. They see you struggling. So they're talking to you. Mm-hmm. And this is what keeps you going. Um, and like that was so when you say that, it's it's so crazy because it's different worlds, but it's the same skeleton it, almost. It, it is. Right? Like because the, the, doubt Fear. I mean, fear not as much, but maybe. Yes. I mean, but the doubt, the things I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing it well enough. All these things. They can do it, but it's and just because like, they're better. I, I, I'm just not as good as they are. Yes. You start making yeah. excuses. Exactly. And it's like we're all we're all in it together. We're all in it to help each other. We're all in it to keep each other going. Yes. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And um, you know, you start meeting people that 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 have kind of the mind that kind of have that mindset where you're kind of helping each other pushing each other and it's almost like a different kind of inspiration so doing one good thing leads to it's like that domino effect right all the other good things you start meeting other people mm-hmm. that, that that are teaching you things and they want the best for you and you kind of want the best for them and it just creates this whole right. energy. Yeah. And then it's almost like you learn you're not selfish anymore. And right. then so suddenly because you're feeling so amazing, then you almost the whole like start taking care of yourself so you can take care of other people yes. kind of thing. Then it starts to shift from I've got myself now. I want to help 
pull again pull yes. them up to where I am. So then it's yeah, you start helping, supporting yes. others. Yes, yeah. and you're like, hey, I I remember <clears throat> I was there. Just yes. keep going. Like, yes, I remember when I was there. Like yeah. you can do it, and that's too. how you relate to people because people people connect to you. Like, if you're on the mountaintop, there's a hundred percent that it's like I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like you. I that you did that, but if you connect with them and on a, like almost like here's where I was, here's mm-hmm. what I'm coming from. Yes, then they're like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can do this too. Yes, yes, exactly. And then you support them and say, yes, you can. <laughs> right. Let's go. Yes, absolutely. So who was, who was, do you, did you have one coach or did, did you have? I started with one and then it's kind of, um, when I was doing the program itself, which I only, it took me four months to lose, you know, disclaimers, all those things, whatever I need to do for, uh, people lose an average of eight to 12, eight to 12 pounds a month. Mm. Got a disclaimer, but that, you know, with, Staying committed to the plan and doing it 100% of the people who follow the plan 100% of the time will see 100% or what am I trying to say? 100% of the people who follow it 100% will succeed 100% of the time. Whatever. I'm saying that all wrong, but um, you have to follow it to to see results. Anyway, I lost that in 30 pounds in four months. Um, And then, yeah, it was – which is kind of motivating and sort of inspiring to yourself. You feel really good about it and then – that's when you kind of want to start sharing with other people. And so I think like, hey, this works during. Yeah, my it's almost like it's a gift that you have to feel like you've a shotting from the mountaintops. Everybody. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Like here's the here's this thing. It's this is amazing program. But what makes ours different is because you have the support, you have the community. You're never that's I think the biggest is like you're never alone. Yeah. And so now I'm coaching. And I have a huge community of other coaches with me and we're all kind of supporting each other because we're going through everybody still goes through life struggles everybody still lives life right and we're just we're helping and putting me pulling each other up yeah keeping you know everybody falls down and it's like you've got now I don't have just one person pulling me up now I've got a team of team of huge number of people pulling each other up yes so wow okay so how how soon did you start seeing results I mean, it had to be very quick, but well, how? So the way the plan works, um, you go through kind of a detox period in the beginning, but it's kind of okay. you you stay, uh, it takes about four days to get in what we call fat burn. And that is really where your body is, you're no longer using the extra food that you're putting in your mouth that you're packing on your hips and things like that. Your body uses, you because we call them fuelings, which is kind of symbolizes you're fueling your body okay. just enough. You're fueling your body with just enough to keep you going, keep your blood sugar stable, and then your body then turns to your fat cells for energy, for fuel. And then it starts, that's kind of how it goes. And like I said, everybody sort of experiences that at a different pace and a different sort of the same thing is happening, but some people lose, like they go two weeks and don't lose anything. And then all of a sudden they swoosh and they've lost five pounds. Some people are like me. It was like a little bit every single day. Some people are, you know, a bunch in the beginning and then really slow a couple of pounds a day, a couple of pounds a week kind of thing. And so, um, everybody's a, a little bit different, but it's kind of, that's the cool thing about it is that it goes to your fat cells and then, 
that's where you're getting your energy. So you have energy. You're sleeping better. Your um, your mood is stable because it's it's interesting how being tired and being all these things. It's just when you don't have any of that energy and you. I don't want to say like how you're feeling about yourself, but there's that emotional. The it's kind of everything is transformed physically, mm-hmm. obviously, and that's what the the program does is that's the food it's like healthy habits one changing your life one healthy habit at a time and I'm probably saying this wrong and I'm probably gonna get you know get in trouble for saying all that wrong but um it it, you truly are you're transforming yourself and it's spiritually mentally emotionally all of it and it's not just how you feel about yourself but you're rebuilding the confidence that you have in yourself because else when you don't feel pretty when you don't feel like well none of your clothes fit I mean, I'm not, I'll be honest, I was one that would hook my jeans together, you know, where you can't actually button or zip them, but you you put a hair tie through, like one of those rubber bands through to kind of hold it, because it's stretchy, but it looks like your pants are closed. Um, kind of embarrassing, but it's like, that's how you make it work, and I did. Um, and then to go from that to being able to easily zip your pants, I, I now have, um, I had a client the other day call me crying because she could cross her legs on the floor. She's like, I sat down, first of all, which I haven't done in years, and was able to get back up again. But she said, I crossed my legs for the first time in, you know, 10, 15 years. I haven't been able to do that. And so it's that kind of stuff that keeps me motivated to just continue supporting other people and changing people's lives. Yes, yes. And what what a testament that you went through that. Yeah. That journey yourself. Yeah. Um, and so that's how, how long has it been now since, since you, well, it was December of 2020 is when I started, I reached my goal in April. So like, you know, April of 2021. Now I like to say like, I don't have, everybody has their own story. Everybody has, like, I didn't lose 50 pounds, 75 pounds. I mean, there's people that have lost more than a hundred I don't have one of those stories, but I have my story, mm-hmm. and my story was inspiring and changed my life, and so I get to use that now to say, let's change your life, too. Yeah, well, it didn't just change your life. Uh, it sounds like, like like the physical side. I mean, did you expect to have this whole mental transformation? Oh. You go into it thinking, I want to zip my pants, mm. truthfully. And then it kind of starts to evolve into the, like, you're supporting other people, and then you're sort of feeling this emotional connection, and it's almost like, I feel really good about myself now. Like I said, the confidence you suddenly feel, mm. and you've regained, that you've lost, um, and it just in yourself, it's not because of other people. I mean, because my husband still told me he loved me, my husband, but if I didn't feel pretty, I still didn't feel pretty. It didn't matter right. how many times he told me how that he thought I was pretty and that he loved me. And it's like, yeah, but I don't believe it for me. Like, I don't like what I see when I look in the mirror. And so that emotional shift for me was that, like, I started to be confident in myself, but it was almost like, because you are successful and it doesn't take very long to start feeling amazing about a week at the most probably well I don't want to say at the most because there's been times where it's taken people two weeks to get into fat burn or whatever um but it's you can start feeling amazing and then that just kind of motivates you to go wow I feel really really good about myself about my progress I mean 
you joke and it's like even just five pounds can make you feel amazing. And I, I, five, 10 pounds, it changes your life. It truly does. Even if it doesn't, like it may not change your dress size. It may not change your pant size, but you just feel better. And I always say that like, it makes it easier to slip on your rings or mine didn't slip on right after that but you know it was it just makes it easier and then you just start feeling really good about yourself and then like I said you just want to start sharing it and it's just the fulfillment that you get from that amazing mm-hmm. so where do you plan on on what's what's your vision where would you like this to take you oh gosh okay so I'm gonna publicly say now my goal I want to be a leader of other people I want to I want to be a leader of thriving leaders Mm. um in my group and when I say lead I don't necessarily mean like um I'm boss or whatever it's more like I'm you can be a leader when you're just helping a client like I'm I'm empowering you me empowering someone else and so I had a fear of being a leader even when um we worked at Monotronics. It was like, I've never bought, I've never, you know, supervised anybody else before. I'm really scared. I didn't want, that was kind of a constant fear I've had in my life. And I never thought I was good enough to like help other people Mm -hmm. or like lead other people or do it confidently, whatever. Um, But then I've learned over the last year or so, um, you're a leader when you're, you're just, you're, you're pulling other people up. You're helping other people. You're, if you're empowering other people, you're leading them to a better a better life, a better wherever, like doing better at their job, if better at communicating. You're helping your kids do something. You're leading them. And, and essentially you're others. also growing at the same yes. time because yeah. helping, like everybody is different. And I love how you said earlier, like you meet people where they're at. So it's not like, okay, I already, I, this, I got this exact plan. I just got to follow it. It's, it's different because it's it's not like following just a, a, uh, a plan that's been laid out for you to lose weight right now. This is a different challenge that enhances that, that mission, Right. right? Because now you have to, okay, it, now it's a people thing, right? I have to meet you where you're at to help you. You're already a leader, but I want to help you be a, better leader and in in turn you're also becoming a better leader within itself and it's always what you're becoming it's not like so I like to say it's life and this program everything is you're on a journey Mm -hmm. and there's it's turns and sharp turns and straight paths and everything but we're all in a journey and it's not like you've met a destination because if you finally if you reach your final destination then what's the point of doing anything what's the point of living what's the point of trying to continue to grow well that's it um yeah so it's and when I say leader it's like you're I'm pulling people up to run this path with me Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um one of the things you said it's uh you know what it's what's making of me or some or something along those lines and Mm -hmm. uh it reminds me um Jim Ron I I because I learned this from him. I yeah. take no credit for any of this. This is <laughs> this is where I'm getting yeah. it from, right? So uh, he said, when you go find a job, whether it's an interview, mm-hmm. the question is not how much am I going to get paid? The question is, what will this make of me? Right. Right? Yeah. So, where is it going to take me? What am I going to learn? Yes. Again, 
what am I going to learn from this? What am I using everything as an opportunity? Yes. And, and I think you briefly reminded me of, because you said something that, that triggered that thought. It was, yeah, it's not, what am I, how much am I going to pay it? It's what would this make of me? Mm -hmm. And when you think about that, it's like, okay, yeah, that's the journey I want to go, go into because, um, when people, that follow this or when they're in, in, for example, leaders, right? So um, that's that's what I want to become. And, and it goes, ties back to personal development. At the end mm -hmm. of the day, you're, you're, gro you're growing, right? And it's just, uh, you're growing as long as you want to grow. And, and you mentioned even that at the very beginning with, with you and your husband, you mentioned you guys uh, push each other to oh, never yeah. be complacent mm -hmm. and, you know, keep growing. <clears throat> And you push him, and push and he pushes yep, you. Yep, that's um, it's a, it's a great. Um, we it's like a we love that and hate that about the other one. It's like, but we don't like. You got to be honest, and you got to yeah. be truthful, and you got to be open to hearing it. Because um, if there's something wrong, if I've done something wrong, said something wrong, he's not going to be afraid to tell me. And likewise, mm -hmm. and so it it's constant, like pushing each other to be better. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious to know if this growth you've experienced, this like large growth, has yeah. has it has it changed your perspective or even the way you are as a mother with your children? Yes. Has it and how? Um, yes. I'm. I'm so. Being a mother, you're constantly like, oh, I should have, could have, would have mm -hmm. done something different to make that situation better. But it's kind of like you've, you're constantly learning mm -hmm. um, as a mother. But I, uh, one of the things that I learned actually just this weekend, again, it was must have been a, in a great conference, but um, it that things that you say as a parent to your child because you're trying to help them become the best version of themselves. And so in your eyes, it's constantly, um, while you should do this, you did this wrong, you should do, like, giving what you feel is, like, constructive feedback, mm -hmm. it can be taken from from their perspective. It's, I'm not good enough mm -hmm. for my mom. I'm, you know, I, I don't do this well enough. I'm not good enough at this. And sometimes I'm one that, like, I ask for criticism, and which might be kind of a weird character trait, but it's like, okay, you told me I did good, great, but what did I do wrong with it? What can I do different? What can I do better? Because it's always, there's always something that you can do different, mm -hmm. something you can learn, something you can do better. So um, I, sometimes people like to just sit, sit with it and mm -hmm. like, tell me I did a good job and then that's that. And so um, I don't even really know where I was going with that particular statement, but um, that I've kind of, it's a constant growth. It's constant change. So would you say it, it? You do you talk to your the way maybe you talk to your children now? Does it change? Has it changed maybe a little bit? Like in the in the sense of um, yes, because I'm. I feel like I'm. Not that I wasn't supportive before, but I feel like I've become like I've. It's opened my eyes to see how much. Um, we love and support them 
just because like I don't need to make corrections when he's learning to sing for the first time. I don't mm. need to be going into technical detail about how his, you know, the different ways he's got his throat angled and things like that and how, you know, lifting the back of your head will make you have a deeper voice or like more full, you know, sensation and things like that. I don't need to be telling him things like that when he's first learning. It's like mm. motivate him, tell him he's doing a good job. And then when he's ready for that criticism, then, you know, when he's open to hearing it, mm. So, so learning, I don't know. learning how to read them and and handle the situations yeah. in a more strategic and pro- and productive right. way. You because would say I, the the last thing I want to do is like discourage them to never try again and discourage them. So, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, the, yeah, it's kind of been a learned process for me, and I for still sure. probably do it some like over criticize and not intentionally, just because that's how my brain functions, and so that's what I constantly feel like well I got to do it better if the perfectionist side of me is like okay but what can I do different what can I do better what can I do what else can I do and so um I that has kind of been but I feel like um again when we say COVID was kind of a blessing in disguise it kind of that is where I truly felt engaged with them I felt like I could spend time with them I remember sitting like every night we would lay in bed. I would lay in bed with my oldest son and we would look, stare at the ceiling and just talk about, you know, the day, the life, things that ha- things, how things have changed, how things are going to be different, the future. It was just kind of these long, deep conversations that I never would have had a chance mm. to have if it hadn't been for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I, gosh. Yeah. I, I, I love that because, uh, I feel like, um, and mm-hmm. and well, one one of the things that that it goes around that that I'm noticing more and more is that we're just more aware. Yes, I agree. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean habits, especially if 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 we lived like that for the past multiple years and decades, it's it's not easy to say, oh, yep, I learned that, I got it. Next day, I changed it. No, mm-hmm. it's like things are it's it's habits right oh yeah well and that's kind of what this whole program is about retraining your habits Mm. like you're reframing your relationship with food you're retraining reframing like I don't I didn't earn that pan of brownies I didn't earn that bottle of wine because I had a bad week I'm choosing to xyz or I can say I'm choosing to you know and I I don't want to say anybody who goes and has a brownies and you know in a bad place that's not what i'm saying right at all um it's just it's your like, personal lifestyle yeah. how you personally choose to make your choices and right. and and that's your growth yeah i'm actually listening not reading reading sort of but listening to atomic habits um and it's such a good book i'm probably not even halfway through but it's about like putting a positive like positive um positive feeling with these habits that you want to make and it can be little things like instead of saying I have to do something saying I get to do something Mm. and it's one word that you're changing Mm. um and my husband feels like I'm a nut because I'm like you're saying it wrong you've got to make it make it say this will be and this whatever and he's like you're crazy but um (laughs) yeah we can be very honest with each other but anyway so uh but it is things like that because it kind of just but I've learned so much and I've developed, I feel like I've had so much development in the last two years mm. in terms of where your mind is, where your mindset is. If your mind is in the wrong place, it's you're never going to reach your goal. Like if you're telling yourself you can't, right. you're not going to be able to. Yeah. If you're telling yourself you can, 
you might it might take a while, right? But you, in your head, you might actually get there, and you're gonna. It's gonna. It makes you act differently. It makes you, um, you just you behave differently. I I agree, and so and so I think that's why a big thing is like being aware because even I I, I there's there's people, um, that that I follow such as like Dr. Joe Dispenza, but mm-hmm. he uh he talks about how well. One time uh, he said, I still mess up every day. Mm-hmm. The difference now versus mm-hmm. then, it's mm-hmm. not that I'm better now and I don't make any mistakes. I still do every day. The difference now is that I'm aware and mm-hmm. I'm able to catch myself. Yeah. And when I do, I just have to take a moment to understand that and then, you know, change or or. or not do what I used to, but it's not because yeah. I don't do anything bad anymore. <clears throat> because I, I still mess up every day. There's yeah. situations where, you know, uh, I, I problems come, especially with, you know, especially someone like him that has, that's very big and is constantly traveling. And so, but he said that was the key. It's, it's not that you don't no longer mess up. It's like, I'm, I mess up every day, he says, but I'm aware. Yeah. And I catch myself. Yeah. They also, uh, you look at those as triggers mm. and that like if it triggers you, awareness of like what those triggers then. Yes. Like getting ahead of it. And so sometimes like when you're retraining, I'm going to say reframing your relationship with food, things like that, or um, activities that you want to do. If there's some, they say that triggers are like if it triggers you to take an action that you don't want to take, that's where you're not you're not free yet. It's almost like it's a freedom that you're not experiencing. Like it continues to this triggers me to drink. This triggers me to dive into the pantry. This triggers me to yell at my kids. This triggers me to if there's things, but if you can the awareness if you if you expect that trigger or you tell yourself like when this trigger occurs mm-hmm. i am aware that this is how i usually respond mm-hmm. so then i was like this is how i'm going to shift my response or this is how i'm going to like almost you define how you're going to respond beforehand yes cuz sometimes if you're in the heat of the moment you're not going to change it's going to that trigger is going to trigger it and you're either going to like fly off the handle or you're going to Keep yourself composed and yes. react a certain way. So it's almost like uh, like uh, learning how it starts with, you know, and I, you hear it all the time and you, well, at least I used to hear it all the time. Like it starts with awareness. It starts with awareness. And yep. you're, once you really start understanding and catching yourself. Because then like, you recognize. Yes. Yes. I'm aware that this makes me do this. Yes. So I recognize this is a trigger. Yes. I just need a moment and you start yes. and then you start figuring out how you're going to handle those moments. Right. To, yeah. to get the outcome that you want. Right. So when I say you are the captain of your own ship, that I, I believe that. And, and I, yeah. I think it starts there being aware, like, okay, where's this going to take me? Mm, okay. Before it would take me over here, it would lead into me being a person I didn't want to be regrets, guilt, this, right. and I don't want those feelings. Right. Right. I don't want those feelings. So before I get to feeling those feelings, I'm just going to stop right here mm-hmm. and cut it out. Die. Yeah. Make it make it yeah. die. Kill it right here. Right. And then 
take choose to take a different path that choose to take a different path yeah. now there might be a buffer there where you just kind of needed that moment to to get to that place mm-hmm. but that's where the magic is that that awareness yeah um and so uh i i i even as even as you're speaking like i see it like it's just at the end of the day it's all these details it's all these yeah. stories yeah but it comes back to yeah, awareness. I mean, um, awareness, I, t- so like intrusive thoughts or anxiety, yes. things like that is kind of awareness. And I mean, I used 100%. to have like silly things like, oh, we're going to the zoo. Oh, the intrusive thoughts that I would just use, like I would go, oh my gosh, we can't go to the zoo because if we do go to the zoo, we might be taking a picture by the lion's den. And then all of a sudden our son's going to fall in and then the lion's going to go get him and then all these things and Mm -hmm. he's a baby and then he's gone and like ridiculous. But the psychology in my husband was like, okay, we have to get ahead of those things. And when Mm -hmm. you start having those thoughts, it was, okay, is this even possible? Well, no, but still, like, what if? And he's like, you got to stop that. So it's like he kind of helped me sort of work through the whole. And I don't really suffer from that as much anymore. I mean, I still have them sometimes with the anxiety in terms of intrusive thoughts. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that there's – I don't want to say that I have – that was never diagnosed. And there's – different people deal with things in different ways. But with yeah. he was able to help me to say, okay, is this true? Is it possible? Is it not? Be like, okay – this is not even possible. Stop thinking about it or something. It somehow changed my thoughts because it wasn't like, think about rainbows and, you know, lollipops. And then all of a sudden the thoughts will go out of my head. But it was one of those, like, they'll replay and replay and replay and replay. And it's not, it's like it gets in your head. Mm-hmm. And so people who don't have anxiety, people who don't have that problem, they don't truly understand. Um, it, it, it's not really something you can control. It's not like we're asking for those. It's not like we're... Like, oh, I'm being dramatic. I'm going to make sure everybody knows I have all these thoughts because they're inside you. They're in your head. And it kind of goes along with the stories that you tell yourself, whether they're true or they're not and things like that. So, yes. And, you know, not that this is like the ending, but the the reason of of this podcast is literally like it. And I thank you for speaking about it and, and being vulnerable about you know, your experience and your struggles, because I like there's imagine how many people like Shannon there are out there. Yeah. That they're like, I, I have those feelings because we all do. And so, and at different levels. And that's why I love when you say you have to meet them. Right. So, but there's, there's so many Shannons out there that they're probably trying to figure out how to get out or maybe they've given up. But maybe yeah. they get to listen to you um, or to this podcast or to maybe clips or whatever it is that's out there that will mm-hmm. be going out there and they can relate and say, oh, okay, I can relate to Shannon, right? And not everybody's going to relate because otherwise we would all be the same. Right. Exactly. That's right? true. So there's, there's going to be a portion of people, a large portion, that feel the same way you're, you do and are are going through similar struggles and maybe don't know how to get out. Maybe they don't have that strong support system such as your spouse. Yeah. You know, that that he's helped you so much. Your you know, your belief has kept you, it sounds like has kept you kind of trusting and keep pushing because 
your belief knows that there's something on the other side and there's a whole lot of feelings in between. But at the end of the day, you keep pushing because you believe in, in, in the process. You believe mm-hmm. that God has something out there for you. Not yeah. only that, you're a miracle yourself. So it's like, hey, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. I have a purpose. And we all do. Yeah. I right? Think so. I think we all do. Everybody and has a purpose in life. I think we are all connected, um, which is why we're able to relate. And not 100% of people relate because we would all be the same. Yeah. Right? And so that's, we obviously know that is not true. Right. Um, but a portion of it. And so I just want to like acknowledge the fact that, you know, you, you, you put yourself out there and, um, your struggles and how you overcame those. And I think that is so important because it's so easy to talk about the success and, oh, look, I lost, you know, 40 pounds and, and that's just it. Nobody talks about the struggle. Right. Right. And so the people that need it, need to hear about the struggle so that they can relate and, and figure out that, yes, I can I can get there too. She went through the same thing. Yeah. And they may need to hear 70 stories like Shannon to finally believe. Yeah. So, and you might be one of them, Yeah. you know? Um, so I think it's, it's, it's very important to talk about it. And um, sometimes it's, or most times I would say it's not easy. It's hard yeah, putting yourself always, out there. Yeah. Um, because the people that have already reached it, they don't need to know, um, like, right. you know, they already know, like they have their bigger mountains they're climbing. Like now you have, an, you, you've overcame that mountain that seemed probably pretty big when you started, when you were doing the research, is this, is this really work? Right. I need to see more and see if it really works. So you, you went through the mountain, you, you climbed that mountain and then now you see a bigger mountain, which from what I can see is you want to empower now other leaders. Yeah, to do the same. And so that's that's so beautiful, Shannon. Aww. I am so like happy to be able to talk to you and and like hear your story. I and uh, I've learned so much from you. Um and I think it's so beautiful, seriously. And you know, even your struggle of keep pushing and um and and n- not wanting to give up and trying to see the bigger picture and always just just pushing to to be better and learning right and now empowering others um that's amazing thank you yes (laughs) um so gosh so I uh for anybody that is looking for you know uh a program we obviously know your source how yeah. how how can they find how can they find you? Um, I think the best way to find I'm Shannon Bell Deniston on Instagram and on Facebook. I think if they want to connect that way, um, I have a shortened URL for a form to just kind of start a conversation because sometimes that's where it starts. It doesn't always start with the sign me up. Some people I have to talk to for months and months before they're like okay I'm ready to pull the trigger it can be just let's start a conversation where are you now where do you want to go mm-hmm. what do you want to change why do you like what's making you feel that like what anything yes. and so um I like to kind of I like to dig into all of that because then if I'm contending for your why then I never let you give up mm. and that's not to say that people don't still give up but 
It's not going to be because of me. Right. So um, anyway, Shannon Bell Dennison and then my, it's tinyurl.com slash hope to health. The number two, hope to health. One okay. word. We'll put a link okay. on the on the episode. and That's everything. to the form. Otherwise, the just form. connect with me on Facebook and let's start a conversation. Sweet. On private messenger. Awesome. There, there you go. So for uh, every guest, I end yeah. the podcast with one final question. Okay. And that is, what is your personal definition of happiness? Oh. I want to change that, actually. I'm going to say joy. What is your personal definition of happiness hmm. or joy? My personal definition of happiness. Let's see. Um, that's a very good question. So I, for me, the if I get to spend time engaged with my family while continuing to help change other people's lives and um, lift people up, build other leaders around me, um, including my husband, um, to help people live their best life possible, mm. um, then I feel like that's true joy for me. And doing it through God. I believe that's just me is that I'm doing it. If I continue to trust in and lean to him into what he has planned for me, then I feel like I'm living my best life. I love it. Thank you for being here again. Thank you for having me. This has been, it's been great to reconnect and, uh, agreed. So many years. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. All right. Goodbye, everyone. See you next time.